you know what? Let me fucking change this because I have 80% of the sound out of my left ear and 20% in the right <laughs> ear yet again. So I'm going to I'm going to go and dick around. Oh, no way. Oh, my God. It actually works. I had to plug this into, like, two different or three different USBs, and I have to walk around my whole table to go back to the computer and see if it actually works. And now it works. That's a good uh, feeling when, when you have to, like, walk, like, 20 steps to do something, and then you don't have to walk those 20 steps again. That, that's always a good feeling. Shout out to that feeling. Everyone, it is November 8th. Uh... I have nothing interesting to say about November 8th. It's the weekly job, by And the bullets in the gun. And the bullets in the gun. Bow, bow. Ain't nobody dropping hotter podcasts than the Dub DB. Good mix up today. Good mix up today. Blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, the blow, the new blah, blah. Uh, what song is that from? You want to give a, you is- give a history? That is from an album that you you I, I tried to shill to you a while ago, but you said, oh, those guys are too angry, so you're not going to listen to them. It is from uh, Sleaford Mods. It's from their album Austerity Dogs. Uh, it's from the song Shit Streets Runny, along with this, this absolute classic bar. Brian Eno, what the fuck does he know? Fucking classic. <laughs> bow, bow. <laughs> He's right. What does he know? Tell me. <laughs> Where where where's the research paper? I, I can't. I don't know that he knows anything. What does he know? <laughs> bow bow. That's cl- that's actually good. That's good. They are angry though. I I will stick by that. They're very angry. They are. They are. They're, they're definitely. Just, they're mad about things. Yeah, you're about British. about Cope. yeah being being British. That's it. Yeah, tough life. Um, shit. It probably fucking sucks though. Probably fucking sucks. You know why it sucks? Why does it suck? Uh, the UK, they have actually just banned a new substance recently. They have banned nitrous oxide, uh, quote unquote, really? laughing gas. Yeah, it is now illegal to possess in the United Kingdom. Wow, that's surprising. I know that uh, that uh, laughing gas, I think it's like seen as uh, like over there, like it's just interesting because over there, cocaine is not like a rich person's drug, it's like what just everyone does, it is very common. Uh, at least more common than it is in the in the states, but uh, laughing gas seems to be like what the really stupid kids do, uh, and and also like consequently like what the uh, what like athletes will do if they go to clubs, like they'll do nitrous oxide or or whatever. They like usually have it in a balloon, and they'll like that's the storage, and then they'll like inhale it at a club or something. It's very mm-hmm. weird. It, it it's just like. I can't really speak like that's that's not something we have here. I don't I don't understand. Uh, yeah, as far it's, as banning it, yeah, it's it's kind of weird. It's it's not a big thing here. Um, it is legal, so like you can you can do it if you want to. It's I feel like it's I've tried to uh, procure some in the past, but it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, like I don't think you can like find it on Amazon from what I remember. Um, and a lot of you know the way that it's normally done. Um, either here or like among young people there is it's, uh, done out of canisters, like the canisters you would use for like whipped cream. 
um, you can just like buy the canisters instead and inhale the gas from there. Um, and it's, it's a pretty quick high. It's supposed to last between like five and 30 seconds. So it's easy to like keep doing it over and over again. Uh, but if you do it too much, you can like get nerve damage. Um, so, you know, obviously the solution is to just like ban it and make people criminals for having it. Cause that's going to stop people from doing it. Right. That always works. Yeah. It never not works. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, does it actually cause nerve damage or is that like just big, big nerve saying some <laughs> about <laughs> big nerve would be a great band name. Consequently, I'm, I'm all in on big nerve. Big nerve is good dude. Shout out to the nerves. That's a decent band. Um, I think, uh, it, it does cause nerve damage if you like do it a lot. Like I, I was reading something today uh, at work instead of working where some some girl uh she had like basically gotten permanent nerve damage in her uh and and lost use of her like arms and legs or at least her legs maybe not her arms but she was in a wheelchair and uh it's because she was doing like 700 canisters a day bro it's like, yeah, just, let's go <laughs> just don't do that how like, can i date her <laughs> She can fix me. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, can you, wow, can you that's stick a lot. Like a hundred canisters. Yeah, that's like... so much. Why? I mean, that's addiction. That's that's pure addiction, right there. Um, I don't know about like this is this is to cure now over there. Like antisocial behavior is is much more like core to the meaning. It's like antisocial behavior was like made by the British to say that you're not conforming to like what british standards are that's really what antisocial behavior means instead of like just not talking to people and being like more of a more you know against being social like it's it's a it's a totally different meaning over there and i don't i think antisocial behavior is also like um kind of used to politically uh like describe some of the behaviors of like minorities in in like Europe and stuff, and I don't necessarily uh, think that this is I don't I don't know this is like so silly. I just this yeah. is all silly. Yeah, I should I should offer a correction though. Um, she wasn't doing seven hundred canisters a day; it was seven hundred a week, so it was a hundred a day. That's still not great. That's so yeah. much. <laughs> that's yeah. That's still a lot. <laughs> this is nuts. When she was 18, she was just huffing, just huffing. This is like akin to, and yeah, man, I've seen those bottles, those metal canisters that are used for like only this gaseous drug. And I've seen them like, I, I can't remember. I think I saw them in the, in the gangs of London, that show, it might've been in that show, might not have been, but it's some like British show where like the. You know what? It was the gangs of London. It was like those those really poor kids that accidentally killed someone important. Like there was some, uh, they were in like a trailer park, the equivalent of a trailer park, and like there was a, there was like a a just a field, like a small little field, or like you know where everyone would go and dump their canisters. They just chuck them in like a pit, kind of like how you do with a piss bucket, but like you know it's like the dedicated area for your drug disposal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is like the, the British version of like the needles in the curb. Like with America, <laughs> we have like needles, like heroin needles and curb and like curbs and stuff. And I, I guess yeah, they're doing quite a bit better than we are. <laughs> the British just chuck these cans into like 
fields. Never like curbs, but like grass. Gra- I don't know. This is this is odd. What do you what do you think about all this? What do you have to make about of all of this? I feel like yo, know, if that's it, is that just how bad life is to be like an eighteen year old in in Britain? Like that's the most fun you can have is laughing gas. Like you have a drug that lasts like five seconds to like thirty seconds, and that's that's the apex of your like fun. Like, that's a how depressing is it over there, I man? I don't get this drug at all. I really don't get it. Like, oh, I, I get, get it. The appeal. <laughs> I get the it? appeal completely. I want to say nitrous is in, yeah, it is a dissociative in the same category of like ketamine or something like that. Um, but it's very short acting, so you can do it. Um, like, you know, you can maybe you're having a shit day at work or something. You're just plugging away the keyboard. You're like, let me let me just have a quick quick little huff, just a little huff, and uh, then you get back to work. You know, so. I think uh, I completely understand the modern appeal of like very short acting drugs um, that give you, you know, that quick hit of euphoria and dissociation. But I can't imagine like sitting in your bed all day doing that. Like that's you got to have other problems on top of that, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. So um, I am I am bringing an impromptu uh, topic to the drive by. OK, I, I, I thought about this project. Um, coincidentally, uh, I don't know. I mean, like I'll kind of do the, the, the sips every now and then, but I, I got on the whole, uh, value pack monster deal lately and I've been mm-hmm. getting rid of the pineapple ones again. And, uh, I don't know how much like I'm going to go to the dollar store and, or like, or like a, a, a cheap store and getting sips. So I've got a, a similar one in, uh, I've got a similar, uh, somewhat weekly like every now and then skit of uh i want you to rate something i want you to rate give your thoughts give some okay. ideas this is uh coming from a, a somewhat recent uh post that i'd sent you on a on a vegas music festival poster with some of the worst bands in the world. Oh no! Is it, is this is the a, one I this think is, is this is rate this is rate my music festival lineup poster uh, this one that I had sent you is uh, is Rockville in uh, in Daytona Beach in May of 2024. We've got Anthrax. We got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the full weekend, the full real weekend of uh, of a full scope of rock. We've got Mr. Bungle as a as a sub headliner on Friday, like in the third <laughs> tier. We got some 41. That's a big that's a big range already. Atreyu is going to be there. Oh, my God. Uh, this is there's a lot of rock bands that Dude, are gonna be Bob Villain. I love that name actually, Bob Villain. You see that uh, under a tray and the chats, the chats. Oh Sunday. shit, I'm going. <laughs> I'm going. The chats are gonna be there. Shit, I didn't even see that red fucking a tray, and I did not read the chat. <laughs> uh, we got uh fucking Black Veil Brides. We have um Tech Nine. This is going in one shitty direction. We have Disturbed. We have the offspring, Queens of the Stone Age. Stone Temple Pilots are going to be there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Evanescence is going to be there. We're going to wake <laughs> me up inside. Uh, there's a lot of stuff here. Man, Thursday seems to be the metal day because we got Anthrax going. You're not. You're the Anthrax hater. The, the hater of Anthrax. I'm not the Anthrax hater. When did we say that? You you just say that they're the worst of the four big thrash metal. Because they are, but that doesn't mean I hate this, them. This hater over here, <laughs> fucking hater. 
what do you uh, what do you have to say about this musical charm? <laughs> this... I actually, I, you know what? I don't think this is that bad. Um, I wouldn't, you know, pay big bucks to go see this, but I'm looking at Thursday. Okay, yeah, like all always, the headliners are going to be like the old people that I just don't care about, so I'm not even concerned about that. Um, I I see um fucking Lakota Coil. I didn't even know they were still active. Um, I don't think there's anybody that I actually like on Thursday. Apocalyptica is kind of cool, but they're kind of like kitschy. Um, so I don't I don't have too many good things to say about them. Friday, fucking Limp Bizkit as headliners. Jesus Christ. Like the headliners are terrible. I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that. Uh, Living Color, they're still making music too, I guess. I, again, I thought those guys were like dead by this point. Um, fucking Mr. Bungle. Um, okay, there's nobody I would really want to go see on Friday either. Uh, Saturday is like the real rock day, I guess, because you got Foo Fighters and Greta Van Fleet as your main two headliners. And those are both like two bands that I think we could chuck off a cliff at this point. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age are cool, though. Like, I, I think I haven't really listened to what they've been up to recently, but I'm, I don't I don't think I could ever really be mad at them. Um, they got Baroness. I like Baroness. I like some Baroness. Uh, haven't kept up with them too much, but I, I still uh, Morningstar still gets some some pretty frequent play on a couple of playlists of mine. Um, and then Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I used to Atreyu was one of those bands that like that was like one of the cringe melodic metalcore bands that I was into when I was growing up. So, I mean, I guess it's good to see them still getting work. Uh, the chats, obviously, we fuck with the chats. Um, and that's Military Gun. I think I uh, they've done some stuff with. Uh, what's their name? MS Paint. Um, so they're they're. They're kind of, you know, they're okay in my book. Uh, so this isn't like a terrible festival. This isn't nearly as bad as the one that uh, you linked that's in Vegas. So I give this like a solid five out of ten. Like, you know, if I got like free tickets, I'd go. Yeah. It's like uh, got some good acts that you would go and see, but not a whole lot. Um, I have, uh, I've, I've got one, I've got one more. They don't have a did I just fucking close the tab? I'm so dumb. I've got one. This is actually from 2023. And uh, this is a this is a uh, this is a local to you music festival. Uh, it is in South Alabama, Gulf Shores. This is Hangout Fest. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Calvin Harris. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it's so trash. Look at this shit. It's so bad. Uh, Lil Nas X and Skrillex and Flume, man, what is Flume doing nowadays, man? What's what's Flume doing? You have to. This... I'm not asking you because I care. I'm asking you to <laughs> to to make a story of what Flume is doing nowadays. Flume is like eating some like undercooked pasta that he made himself, um, and not even like he didn't even do like a good sauce. You know, he's just putting like he's doing like the cacio e pepe, you know, where he's just like, fuck, I'll just like put some cheese and some pepper on it and I'll call it a meal. And um, I don't know, man, that's all I got for him. I think this this did somebody pull this lineup from like 2013 or something like this is a 10 year old lineup. Hey. All these like fucking uh, what, what what do you call the not headliners? I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even know their names. The, the, the C tier. I guess. Yeah. Thundercat's yeah. cool. I was going to say Thundercat's the only one that I would like care to see that's in that's got like a like colorful text. 
Yeah. Not yeah. a single I don't I don't see a single other one. Uh I am gonna say though, speaking of ten year olds, Jesse Murphy on the list. <laughs> Jesse Murph, TikTok music star. Bucket. I don't know who that is. Jesse Murph is the uh, Jesse Murph is the goth cowgirl. You oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, no, now I remember. Carl yeah. girl that played opposite of uh, the chats at the Salt Lake City Festival. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. No, and if that if that mic that's like below her and to the uh, to the to the left, if that's like the the rapper mic. Okay, that's another good one there. Flip turn, dude. I like flip turn. We saw them at a uh, shaky oh, knees, shit. didn't we? Flip turn. Yeah, flip turn was there. Flip turn was in cool. the house. Flip Turn is still not a mainline band. <laughs> <laughs> they're riding the pine. They're 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 riding the lower end of the of the poster. And they got they got time. They got time. They um, can do it. Everyone else though, this is this is a shit show, man. Yeah, it's not great. You're not gonna go it's to a three out of ten. You're not going to Gulf Shores. What the fuck? No, it's a solid three out of ten. He's like, couldn't pay me, couldn't yeah. pay me to go. If, if I got free tickets and it's like in my backyard, no, I'm not going. <laughs> Dude, you got paid to get into this shit. You <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> um, I got a bullshit headline after you got a bullshit headline. Can we first? I think uh, you were talking about energy a little earlier. And um, oh, that's no. a good segue into my Did secret topic for strips? the day. My dude, I got uh, I got I got punched this morning. What punch? What I got punched energy, punched energy gummies. Oh I bought a forty pa- or like a, a two hundred count of these for forty dollars on Amazon to get the, to get the gummies? yeah to get. I got the free overnight shipping on it. Uh, these are caffeine gummies. Uh, they are, like I said, 200 in the container, uh, 10 milligrams of caffeine per gummy. So you're recommended to, uh, have like a a serving, I guess, is like either five or 10 of these. I can't remember, but they come in, I guess, five different flavors, six different flavors. Maybe they have six on the packaging. I've only detected five different flavors. I, I got these because, uh, apparently you know, and, and this is true for like most drugs, but when you ingest something into your stomach, um, uh, like some of it's going to get like destroyed by your stomach acid anyway. And it's also like a very uh, time consuming method of absorption. Like you have to wait until it gets digested and then goes into your bloodstream. But with the gummies, uh, when you're chewing on them, they get absorbed through like the, the caffeine gets absorbed through like the mucous membranes uh, under your tongue and around your tongue. So it'll hit you a little bit quicker. And I was uh, I was curious to try this out. I wanted to see if I could really feel the difference between uh, the sort of sublingual uh, caffeine absorption and the, um, you know, the digestive caffeine absorption, I guess. And um, man, I, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of these. Uh, I took 10 of them when I woke up in the morning. <laughs> and... Uh, as soon as I like actually got into work, I could feel these things working, man. And it was the like biggest caffeine buzz I'd had at, at like nine in the morning in the longest time. Um, it felt like I lost some caffeine tolerance almost. And, you know, of course, what do I do after that? Uh, I drink a monster. Uh, I drank oh, a uh, strawberry and ultra strawberry and that shit tasted better than I remembered it. So yeah, yeah, I'm, that's, I'm right. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> right. 
I was happy to uh, to to feel that. Uh, and then you know the fuck thing is, um, I kind of just kept snacking on these throughout the day, man. Fucking Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> That's how I, you fucking develop the, the dependence on caffeine. I had not felt discaffeinated in such a long time, and I could feel it even like in my mood. Like I had a way better day today than I've had in such a long time. Uh, they even have like a uh, a little like joke in like, "Hey, what's your stack?" picture that they that they have to to sell their product, and it's just a bunch of these different get punched energy gummies stacked up to be taken at different times in the day. And uh, I I agree with that. I think it's great. I don't think these things taste very good though. <laughs> um, oh really? And part of that is because. I mean, you know, caffeine is very bitter. Oh God, what is so... this tacting? They are begging <laughs> you to get addicted to these things. 6 p.m.? You're eating this shit at 6 p.m.? Why? Um, you know, caffeine is really bitter. So once you start chewing on these a little bit to, like, get that sublingual absorption, you you can taste it, and it's not... It's not the greatest taste in the world, I got to say. If you're just kind of like taking a couple bites and, uh, you know, eating them, then you probably won't taste that bitterness. But if you're really trying to milk it for that sublingual absorption, uh, you're going to get a bitter taste in there, man. And I'm not mad at it because I understand that that's just kind of how caffeine has to be. But it's it's not it's not uh, it's not what I would call good. So. Uh, day one, if I'm given this get punched energy, which great branding, by the way, I, I love the name. I love the logo. I think these guys are, are very funny. Uh, if I had to give get punched energy an overall rating, uh, taking into account flavor, taking into account, uh, the, the effect of the caffeine, taking into account, uh, the value I'm giving this a solid eight out of 10, man, I, I recommend get punched energy. Um, these are the only energy gummies I've had other than the Seattle gummy company. Uh, the mocha shots that we reviewed a while ago. I was going to talk about the mocha shots. Yeah, and um, I don't think these taste as good. Um, I would say they definitely don't taste as good as that. Uh, but it is kind of nice to have a little bit more control over how much caffeine you want to take where with the mocha shots or mocha shots, however the fuck they want to pronounce themselves. Uh, mocha is probably right. Um, since those are like 100 milligrams per gummy and only two per pack, you're kind of just stuck with what you get. Uh, but I, I do appreciate get punched energy, uh, letting me tailor my dosage to to my own uh, my own um, you know preferred levels, and that leads me into the super secret topic that I had uh, tied to this because somebody on the energy drink subreddit man this motherfucker changed the game man he he absolutely changed the game and I am impressed and. I, I have never I have never looked at this sub and genuinely thought, wow, that is a good idea. This is recommending something that I would have never thought of. I'm gonna shoot uh, someone for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is with the post title. Anyone else make energy toast when in a rush? And the picture here is a piece of toast with this very blue green tealish spread on top of it that looks oh absolutely God. fucking disgusting. 
Um, I might do this at work just to fucking mess with people. <laughs> this is a good idea. There's something in this. Uh, what this is apparently from the comments. Uh, this person melted some butter. And uh, I think they they stirred in some G fuel into the melted butter. <laughs> Let it solidify just a little bit. And spread it on their morning toast. <laughs> and, man. and it looks like good toast, too. You could see that they actually put in the effort to, like, cook the bread. <laughs> they put it in a toaster, and they... That is the most unappetizing aquamarine-ass color I could see on toast, too. That shit is the most artificial color that I could... that I've ever seen. Um, this... This is, uh... <laughs> Fuck you for this. Fuck you for showing me this. <laughs> He's fucking changed the energy drink meta single-handedly because I'm coming back on the sub right now. And this is the top uh, this is the top post of the day where somebody's asking, is anyone else <laughs> do any of y'all else like to replace water and recipes with energy drinks so you can get caffeine in during your meal? And this guy he cooked a fucking packaged like instant mashed potatoes with an ultra paradise monster. I'm gonna say it because it's relevant. Who let bro cook? Who let them cook? <laughs> take, the, take the kitchen supplies wow, away from wow. people. <laughs> oh my god. The green, it's just it, why green? Greenish blue makes this shit look not good. If you made it look if you did if you did it with pink, the strawberry, this shit would look good. This would look great. You could say that it is a Valentine's meal. But no, you're making fucking under the sea bullshit right here with fucking seaweed potatoes and he's just got gravy and the motherfucker has the audacity to put like the oregano or whatever in the fucking gravy you can see that he like pretended to give a shit about this i have i have problems i have problems with this if you if you did it with the ultra gold it would look nice and buttery you know <laughs> it probably would look pretty good with the ultra gold i give you that but the shit is not good it does not taste good and uh i don't you know actually now that you say that i'm not sure that the color would change a whole lot with the ultra gold ultra gold and like what mash but like normal mashed potatoes out of a freezer thing like what he did that those colors are not that far different like they might it might be darker <laughs> But I don't know that it would be very different. Like this shit is just a joke. This is clown clown hour right here. <laughs> I am gonna say though, the reason I was gonna bring up those mocha shots is because I still have at least two of the of the double containers of them because I have just forgotten about them. They've been in like my pantry for seven months and uh, I have not bothered to use them. I don't know when I would, but I probably am going to start using them for work just because, just as like, a, nice. as like a candy. They do taste great. Yeah. And uh, you do have to worry because like 100 milligrams of caffeine in a, in an energy drink, that is not anything that is a, that is an appetizer. 100 milligrams of caffeine in a, in a gummy. Yeah. You, 
you you feel it. You feel that. What is this yeah. bang? What is it? These are just bang bang cans. It, it looks like they're they're changing the cans again. I think you're right. These look more like the original cans. Yeah, I like them. I think they look, look better good. than what they've been doing recently. Um, and the colors, like on the candy apple crisp, that lets me know that, like, okay, this is apple because we got the red, uh, but they also got the green around it. But it's also candy because they got the gold. These are these are some damn good cans, man. I think that these are better than the. Is this like real? Is this official? Because like this is an upgrade over the over the over the previous one, and I'm and I'm sending a, a blue res example of uh, of what this previous one was because it I think you got to keep that curve on the bottom there. You know, it's like the it's like the lower end of the B. It's like the the lower half of the B on the bang. Like you got to got to keep that like the 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 logo is is kind of radiating from that from that curve, but you know, these modern losers, they're afraid of curves. They want well they, <laughs> well, they do like curves, but sometimes they don't. Like at the bottom, they I don't know, but this looks good. This is a positive um, yeah. They just gotta. They just gotta eliminate that purple haze flavor. They they thought they could just sneak that shit in. I bet that's terrible. I bet that's fucking the grapiest grape you've ever graped in your life. And uh, I had a coworker, an old coworker, that loved it. You fucking yeah, old coworker for a reason. They probably croaked, and and that's because so much purple haze. And it's she was a little probably like middle aged. Yeah. Uh. These flavors are not very good. Like you read all these and it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> Rainbow unicorn, candy apple crisp, delish strawberry key kiss. kiss. Wild yeah. and what it's like what are you doing, Bang? Like what are it's you It's still better than look, Bang has a they have a flavor called like purple kittles. There is nothing you could do to get me to drink something called purple kittles. <laughs> that just sounds disgusting. Like no, it's just no. This is a. I like these cans, but I don't know about these color mixtures. Like the candy apple crisp and the peach mango. If you squint, that's the same can. That's the same thing. I see what and, you mean. I see what you mean. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. But, but good right. for bang. Good for bang. Yeah, I got us. Right. I got us uh, on a tangent there. But uh, you had some headlines. I have a headline. Um, okay, you have a headline. I have a headline. I was trying to find another headline, and and I can find another headline if if we're, if we're pressed. But I, I can gotta, go first. If you want? No, I got. I got. This is legit. This is. Uh, this okay. needs to be talked about. This is uh, from our enemies at CNBC, uh, but they do deliver funny headlines now and then. High end brothels serviced elected officials, tech and pharma execs, military brass, feds. This is a poorly written headline. What the fuck? I, I swear that I understood this the last time I read it. Um, I yeah, I saw this one earlier today. Um, dude, I mean, what? Six hundred an hour, depending on the services requested. Marcus, what are some <laughs> what are some services that could vary this hour? They vary this hourly rate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, you know, if we're to, to, to take the opinion that, um, the old steel dossier had some, some piece of legitimacy in it, uh, even though most of it was confirmed fake, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I think, uh, you know, if you were doing sort of a, like a golden shower type thing, that would be pretty pricey, right? 
Yeah, that would be pretty pricey. I think when yeah. you get into like the uh the 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 desecrating of another person of a of a prostitute then then you're getting into some high expensive charges whether it's out one end or the other end. Yeah, I think that I think um any sort of like, you know, like anal play that's going to that's going to go pricey going to go way up on that. Um but I'm like does anybody go to like a to like a a prostitute to just do like regular sex like i feel like why would you do that you know yes if you're like a <laughs> if you're like a like a famous politician or whatever or like you're somebody who has like some weight to your name probably wouldn't be that hard for you to get like regular sex you know oh yeah those people do not i was gonna i was gonna say like those these people that are in this involved in this are not doing like normal sex this is the sex that they can't have with their significant other that like, yeah, they're going to be like, okay, I want, I want to piss on someone. Here's what I'm going to go do. Like, I can't piss mm-hmm. on my wife probably because they also like know that it's degrading and they're like, I don't want to degrade my wife. I like my wife. And uh, they're like, okay, I'm going to pay a hooker and go piss on her. And <laughs> I think that's honestly how this works. I have I've pissed on zero hookers, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> I'm not pissed on any hooker. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know, but I don't I don't think uh I don't think they should be shamed for this. I don't I don't I don't agree with shaming people for for um uh, participating in their uh in their fetishes or, or having some certain sexual needs that they can't get with their partner and, and going to a prostitute for that like i think they should be honest with their partner and they should find somebody who will let them do those kind of things uh but if not like you know even even just being like a high profile person i there's so much pressure on you to not be weird in any sort of way like you have to be this hyper normal like tip top example of a human being because if you don't or if anybody finds out that you're like kind of weird in some way it's going to be on every headline across the country and that's a lot of pressure man so i understand why somebody would would want to do those things in secret i'm going to uh i'm going to say this too this is a very big tangent um very shit fuck uh i am uh this is a related story but uh, I, I just find that this is very, I find this very funny because I think the desert is a very strange place that, uh, that, that humans become irrational in. And I think that Utah being a pillar for the godliness and, uh, and, and, and God fearing and, and, and abstinence, whatever, um, you know, right next door, stone toss away. Uh, we got Nevada over here. Um, <laughs> Nevada doesn't give a shit about anything. Like anything. Nevada really does not give a shit. You want an abortion? You can have an abortion. You want hookers? You can have hookers if you go to Vegas. You want cigarettes inside? You can have cigarettes inside <laughs> anywhere. I was just going to say it. Nevada seems like a great place. Um but this, you know, this reference, I don't really care about this news story. I saw the, I saw the neon lights in the background. Neon, I love neon lights, man. Neon, you know, some scientists, some fucking nerds that do science say that neon lights are inefficient. You fucking should use LEDs. 
you know, and scientist, you know, number one, you should you should have a little sex, bitch. Fucking me on is awesome. I love Blow, blow. Blow, blow. Yeah, get fucked. Uh, I just, you know, I think we should keep me online. So I'm a big fan, big fan. And, uh, if, if, you know, if there's a government, uh, effort to ban neon lights, like the, like the incandescent light bulbs, then I, you know what, fucking, you know, I'll, I'll be at the Capitol, you know, be saying some things. I'll be saying, oh. Hey, Hey, Joe Manchin, you in there? How about you die already? You fucking loser. <laughs> yeah. He'll probably be on my side, sadly. Like, will <laughs> 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 say some shit like, "Oh, we can't let neon lights put West Virginians out of business." Yeah, the, the West Virginians <laughs> harvesting the neon in the mountains or something. Oh, but, uh, how do you make neon? Uh, you just send some electrons uh, off to party. That's all it is. No, fuck you. I'm looking. I mean, you can't make neon because it's an element. So it's like. It's not naturally occurring. Are there are there elements that we have like, like I know there are elements I mean, that we make. It's like, a gas, right? Yeah, it's a gas. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's just like charging electrons in certain ways, right? Where is neon naturally found? <laughs> there has to be a place that neon. Oh fuck! It just says Jupiter. We can. There's no way that we just pulled it from <laughs> Jupiter. Ah, uh, sir, I need to make my bar is open sign. Can you send a rocket to Jupiter? Make my fucking neon. <laughs> I'm so stupid, man. <laughs> I have no, idea no, I mean, like, I'm trying to fucking Google. How do you make neon lights? <laughs> like, what state is neon commonly found in? Gas, <laughs> I was thinking, like, where can I go and find the neon mines? <laughs> well, how come there are no neon mines? Where? I, I'm genuinely asking. I don't know where the fuck we find neon. Uh, neon was discovered. Uh, when when the British chemist Sir William Ramsey William Neon <laughs> I'm sorry, go on. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fucking 18th century Miss James. Sir Alexander James Neon found this gas. I don't know how we found it, but he's cooked. He's done. Fuck. He's literally left. God damn it, man. Um... No, he uh he chilled a sample of air until it became liquid, and then warmed the liquid and captured the gases as they boiled off. And he found, uh, it says the gases nitrogen, oxygen, and argon had been identified, but the remaining gases were isolated in roughly their order of abundance. Uh, blah 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 blah. They found krypton. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, after krypton had been removed, they found a gas that had a brilliant red light and. Uh, it was named Neon, which was just the Greek analog of the Latin Novum, which means new. 
So wow, what fucking actual nerds! <laughs> they didn't even name it after themselves. They discovered an element, and they're like, "We gotta name it after the Greeks themselves because they founded all of literature and culture, according to <laughs> us white males." Um, we're gonna name it after the the Latin root of the Greek root "new" and "neon." Neon sounds good to us, gentlemen. <laughs> fucking actual nerds! I I wish it was honestly named. Dick Wellington or something. <laughs> Fucking British name. Um, I actually found out that it's formed by helium and oxygen nuclei, nuclei, nuclei fusing. I believe that. Sure. I, I, I can oh, see shit. them smashing nuclei together back in the 1800s or so or whatever. The, the hey, yeah. uh, about 70% of the global neon supply is produced in Ukraine as a byproduct of steel production in russia uh so in 2022 there was actually a global neon shortage like prices jumped apparently 600 (laughs) percent i hope the war ends not because i give a single shit about ukraine or russia but because bro we need this neon fucking give me my fucking fancy signs ukraine how come ukraine is the only people that can make this shit (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i also misspoke uh they they jumped six hundred percent after Russia annexed Crimea in in twenty fourteen, uh, but there was also a shortage in twenty twenty two because of the invasion. This um, is the dumbest thing ever, man. I fucking don't even care about that war anymore. I hope it ends because it it impacts the world in the stupidest of ways. Like oh, it's supposed Egypt, to, bro. Egypt can't fucking eat food because they don't get wheat anymore from Ukraine and Russia. Which has a shit ton of wheat, and they're like, "Oh, neon is at a shortage, bro." I no, swear to God, a... if Biden passes a law that says bars can't use neon signs anymore to support <laughs> Ukraine, I am fucking voting for Hitler. I'm voting for fucking Hitler. Uh, no, so actually, there's been like a bunch of uh, conversation lately because now, since there's a new war um, with with Israel and uh, Gaza. Um, we don't have to have the war in Ukraine anymore. Uh, so there's been like talk going on where I think, you know, behind closed doors, there's been reports of uh, U.S. officials saying like, yeah, bro, Ukraine's got until like the end of the year to kind of wrap this shit up. Otherwise, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually believe that. I'm sorry, but I do believe that. Is that like the is that like the un, unsourced rumors of the Internet? Uh, I don't think it's entirely unsourced. I can find some sources if you want me to, like, really, you know, drill into this. But um, I, I, I do believe it that, like, you know, we just have. So there needs much to be a war. <laughs> yeah, there needs to be a war somewhere to like justify a bunch of different spending. Um, but now that there's like a different war to focus on, we can get out of the war that like Russia was supposed to lose like two months after it started because apparently um, they had no soldiers and and everybody that was a soldier hated Putin and they were all going to revolt. Um, and like I, I remember we've been reading shit, you know, since this started that like, oh, it's going to be over in a month. Oh, uh, Russia can't do it. They're, they're going to get cooked in a month. And uh, no, dude, it's it's not. That's not how it's happening. Um yeah, we can we can get into that on a different episode because we've already taken uh, enough time talking about Ukraine. Like, I don't even want to get into that today. But yeah, uh, you got one more. You no, you got one more. No, you go? I don't. I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like man, 
imagine being the fucking like you know you think about it ukraine is like that that first or like that that girlfriend that that you go to when there is no girlfriend and then like another hotter girlfriend comes to you and like hey i want to date you and then you're like who the fuck is ukraine <laughs> that's what that's the hotter, what happened. The hotter girlfriend's israel yeah, Israel's like a dime. Israel's like a ten out of ten. We never ditch Israel. I believe Israel. that. We never. Believe that. You seen some that. of those IDF girls, man? They are pretty fucking hot. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> not. That's bullshit. I swear to God, they're not real. They're they're touched up in AI bullshit right on the internet. Do you have a bullshit okay. headline? Please take us off this topic. I got some headlines, but uh, I got. I'm gonna. I got one that I'm going to I'm going to go into first uh, because it, it, it uh, slightly touches on something you mentioned. Uh, this is from The Hill, our favorite, um, not friends of the show. I don't think they're enemies of the show. They're like kind of acquaintances of the show. I laughable guess. Laughable neutrals of the show. Laughable neutrals of the show. There we go. Uh, the Hill, the headline here is Hillary Clinton warns against Trump 2024 win. Quote, Hitler was duly elected. <laughs> the hill is now enemies of the show for that for that alone did you just look up hitler in the news or something after i said hitler no this this was all this shit that i i talk about on these headlines and stuff that like pops up on my like work computer for like you know the, the different like msn headlines of news um i just think it's funny i feel like this woman has had her brain broken so hard by like losing to donald trump in an election that she just can't get over it man. it is embarrassing it, it is. is quite embarrassing it's sad uh i'm gonna move on from that i got life hacker uh they say put msg in everything you cowards are you a fucking coward bro do you not put msg in all your food you know, it's like it's like they say. You know, you put MSG in it so that you build up immunity to other food. Is that what they say? Yeah, it's like what I say. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That's stupid. That sounds like a. That sounds like a. Uh, what do you call it? Like going. Uh, it sounds like being purposely against the common opinion, like contrarianism. That sounds like just being contrarian for the sake of it. I don't really find any value in that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll keep moving on quickly here. Uh, I got mashed. Mashed, they say, uh, their headline here, Mythical Kitchen secrets to making the perfect burrito are spot on. And I wanted to bring this to your attention because I know you're the resident burrito connoisseur uh, of the program here. So what do you think the secrets to making the perfect burrito are? It's all in the wrap. I'd say I'd say you know you could you could try to be uh try to be a cork sniffer and say that it's all in the ingredients, but uh, really I th I think it's in the wrap. You're going to appreciate a well wrapped burrito that doesn't have like any any hanging non fold over uh, piece of tortilla than you would like with with ingredients that are well done. I think that uh it's in the wrap. It's in the it's in the the lovingness, the care, and the affection of, of of how it's wrapped, and if you can if you can get a nice tuck in, some way, then 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 that's I I would really appreciate that. Uh, I had a burrito today. Said I was gonna get a bigger burrito, but uh, I didn't want to drive even off camp off the work campus because uh, I was lazy and I had 
four dollars remaining on my like it's called a it's called fresh rewards it's a really shitting shitty catering service that uh that does our like lunches and breakfast at, at work on on the facility and uh i had four dollars left on it which is the exact amount that a burrito costs after tax so uh i'm like you know what i'm gonna use it up and i'm gonna never buy anything from there again because everyone calls it the crapeteria instead of the cafeteria because like it's it's not good and the, and the chefs like don't seem to like their job at all despite it being like pretty easy and mindless like I, I I just don't know why they hate it so much. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, not a good attitude, but I got a breakfast burrito and uh I actually watched the the, the chef drop my burrito on the floor and uh <laughs> when I was supposed to meet someone that I had never met in ten minutes, I was like, This is not great. I might uh <laughs> I might be missing this meeting because I'm not gonna walk all the way back. So like the cafeteria is on the complete other side of the work campus from where my work is. And I'm just like, well, I just stood here for a while. You know, I already came a bit early because I was hoping like maybe it was done, but it's not. And uh, I just watched them drop it on the floor. So uh, I'm not gonna walk all the way back with no food. So I'm I'm sticking it out and uh, I did I did get to it on time, but I uh, you know it's like when you watch your food get dropped on the floor and start all over you're like okay this is a uh, this, this this is not great i'm not very happy with this but oh well whatever uh you know i had it the breakfast burrito it was it was good a bit greasy but uh you know i i think i'm going to try and go to to the good old rancheritos a lot more than than the crapeteria especially now that i don't have any balance remaining on that site so I don't have to like reload it with money. I'm not going to do that because it's fucking mm -hmm. crapeteria anyway. Uh, I, I got, I got to, you know, I also thought about making a burrito rate the burrito fucking segment and I'm still considering it and I might get a rancheria. Cause I've, I've heard that there are like of all those Mexican places I listed that are better than Taco Bell that I can reasonably get to. I could fucking probably hit a burrito a week. And, and give a nice yeah. review of the burrito. So I'm still yeah. considering it. It's in the works. It's in the it's in the it's in the early stages, but it's in the works. I'm a burrito yeah. fan, if you couldn't tell. Fucking but but also I'm gonna say that I uh that I hit the local grocery store, they sell a take and bake pizza for ten bucks and it's big and uh that's that's a good deal too. You know, that's a, that's two days worth of food for pizza. Uh and, well, and hey. when I say two days worth of food, I mean like the first day I eat like six out of ten of the slices, <laughs> and the second day I eat four of the slices for breakfast. <laughs> and it's cold. And it's like not great, but you know, you know, you do what you do. Yeah, wrap it up. Call that shit a burrito. Um, next, next headline here. This is from Yonhap News English. I don't know where that's from, but that's uh, fake, headline fake here. Site. Main opposition party adopts outlawing dog meat consumption as official party policy. What do you think of that? This is in Korea, isn't it? I, I don't know where. It, it's at Yonhap. That sounds like it could be Korea. Yeah, I guess. It could be. It could be Japan. I don't could know. Be, I, don't, this I don't know. Is right, but I think Yonhap. How do you spell it? Y O N H A P. 
that's how I thought, but that doesn't really tell me a lot. <laughs> um, Jan Hap. I would. I'm just gonna go with that. It's Korean. I think there is a slight possibility that there that this is a Pakistani party, and that um, that I I do think that it is somewhat not. It, it is like. Re- equally as common in Pakistan to eat dogs as it is in Korea. It's just like an Asian thing that, you know, they have meat and there it is. There they go. Um, If it was Y-O-N dash H-A-P, I'd be saying it's Korea all day. Like you stick out like a Mm -hmm. sore thumb. There it is. There you are, Koreans. Um, I'm just going to go with Koreans because I I think there's a history there. Um, They used to eat dogs and... uh, you know, like honestly, their older people still eat dogs. Um, so I'm going to say that that's that's like probably topical because there's probably been enough Western influence, like where Koreans are being told, like, "Hey, can you please stop eating dogs? We like them; they're cute and shit." And the older boomer Koreans are like, <laughs> the Donald Trump of Koreans is like, "No, you should eat dogs." <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a the 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 lip. <laughs> The libtards of the Koreans are like, no, don't eat dogs anymore. And the the Korean boomers are like, fuck you, I'm going to eat dogs to own the lip. (laughs) Eating dogs to own the lip. Eating dogs to own the Korean. That's like the third good headline that's come out of this show already. (laughs) The neon shit. (laughs) <laughs> but but yeah that's that's what i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with that's that's what this is and uh i don't i don't have anything else so uh okay fucking okay. silly shit all right i'll go on the next one here is from a big reputable american source business insider uh they say there are five distinct personalities in the workplace from the detective to the road warrior and you'll probably work with them all a new survey says so we got two of these personalities in detective and road warrior what do you think are the other three personalities in the workplace sorry shit detective and road warrior yeah can i get like a can i get a can I get a little help here? Like, can I get a Dog, I didn't read the article. I don't know what this shit means. Um, are you f- this is so <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> Detective and Road Warrior. I'm going to say the judge is one of them. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. The judge. Not the judger. Not the, the, the lady that judged. No, just the judge. Um, yeah. I'm trying to dig into those. 16 personality type things and like i'm trying to figure out the missing holes so we got the judge the detective and the road warrior i'm gonna say the class clown is one of them i think that that, uh that um the detective the road warrior i don't know what the fuck the road warrior is um i would think the road warrior is somebody who like gets a lot of work done outside of like the office or like business hours. That could be it. The road warrior could just be someone that has a really long commute. Commute? Yeah, that actually makes a lot more sense now that you now that you mention it. And if uh and if those are the types of personalities, these seem like more like tropes than personalities. There's a big there's a big difference between a trope and a personality. Um, what is that difference? 
the trope is like just shit that you do every day that is not part of your fucking personality. Like, I know someone that commutes when he goes to work. Like, he commutes probably like an hour and 15 minutes. Like, it's ridiculous. It's silly. He does not commute every day. He does not go to work every day and actually like be at work. Um, right now, so that's that's pretty messed up. But uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like there's also personalities. Like a detective could be a personality. What I what I the judge that's a personality. That so I'm trying to think of like what is a non personality. Trying to think like I would say the mute, the mute. Someone that the person that listens to music all day long, i.e., me, got me. No, fuck <laughs> me. I was listening to metal albums Literally all day me. yesterday and today. <laughs> the mute, yeah, okay, uh, we can round it out there. Fuck it, yeah, I'll just say the mute, but I was also thinking of like, uh, I was someone that I was trying to think of someone that's like totally resigned, like not involved in anything other than like the pure, um. Uh, obligation to be at work for eight hours a day or some minimum number of time of day and uh, just like you know working for that time and then leaving and like making work as little as part of their livelihood as possible that's what I'm getting at like the mute so you know yeah that's that's what I got uh, okay any those are that's it that's the five the mute the judger Good. The the detective, the, the judge or the judger, the judge. Sorry, the judge, okay. the judge, the mute, the detective, the road warrior, and um, the class clown. That's yeah. the five. Okay, I like that. That 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 wraps it up nicely. Uh, another headline here that's kind of related to just that. This is from Tell Me Best. Uh, it is just the big benefit of commuting to work. What the fuck is the big benefit of commuting to work? shooting these people (laughs) (laughs) I I hate these people so much (laughs) Hamas find where they fucking live (laughs) I don't have anything to say about that that's a shitty fucking headline The Let's big that is the that is the cringiest shit I've ever heard (laughs) fucking no this is why commuting is actually good (laughs) <laughs> i know people that actually like you know where i'm from in chicago like my mom and dad they like talk about taking trains down to the city when they were a little bit younger and working you know really long hours and that their total day was like 15 hours or some shit and no that sounds fucking terrible like no i think i, I think i like like to think that like our parents tried to set us up for better things and i hear people in, in my work it's possible there is a train from Salt Lake City. It's called the Front Runner. Uh, it's it's basically like a train system that goes through northern Utah, which is, you know, if it connects Provo to Ogden, it's probably like two and a half million people. So it's a, it's a train network that deserves a little bit of credit. But, you know, people take the Front Runner to work and shit. And I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that shit either. Like, that's, that's a long... That's a long commute. There's like no joy in fucking putting out Sudokus and crosswords on a train in the morning to work. Like, get the fuck out of here. No, this is why your job is actually worth it. Yeah, how about you fucking suck my ass? How about that? <laughs> yeah. Bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow. There you go, bitch ass. 
I think the only the only thing that could make that good is if you like had uh, uh, uh like a group or like a friend like a close friend to like do that with you and that like you know you wouldn't have to drive so you could get like trashed after work or something you could take the train back together like that sounds kind of fun that but does sound fun if you're just like a regular person just like going to work and like doing your thing and and leaving then like yeah no that's there's no reason to do that. Uh, I'm going to move on here. The Telegraph, our, our favorite uh, UK tabloid here. Uh, Double D breast implants save life of man who damaged lungs by vaping. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead here and I, I'd say I think uh, Double D breast implants can save a lot of lives and can do a lot of good for a lot of people. But uh, what what do you have to say about this story? Double D breast implants. Yes. Save life of man who damaged lungs by vaping. What? Just what? Like, how? How did they save? That seems like they, where did they put those implants? They probably put those implants, like, in the stomach region? To, like, give space to the lungs or something? I don't, I, I, um... I'm thinking. Um, I don't fucking. I don't know. I don't know. This is you. You stumped me here. <laughs> you, you legitimately stumped me. So, uh, I yeah, I'm, I'm fucking taking the L here. I'll okay, you got nothing. We can keep moving. We can Fuck keep it. moving. I got, I got two I more got here. Okay, I got one from USA Today. Orcas strike back again. Sinking another yacht in Europe after 45 minute attack. Uh, I support orcas here. Do you support the orcas? I support the orcas. It's not even close. <laughs> I absolutely support the orcas. Um, I support the orcas because I said in some number of shows ago that this was a, a becoming a more common thing. You and, did. Uh, and and you, you didn't believe me. You did not believe me. <laughs> I told you, no, the orcas are real and they're coming for you. And uh, here we are. Here we are. And the orcas have done something new. And uh, that's that's all you need to know. They're real. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big, big fan of the orcas here. Um, and yes, I, I did doubt you when you when you brought this to the uh, to the show some time ago. But I, I have been proven wrong. Uh, last headline here. This is my favorite one. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal. They say, right now is a terrible time to spend money. You ever think about that? You fucking big dummy. Why don't you just stop spending money? Why don't you just do that? They got me. They're right. They're right. They're totally right. I should have just, I should have thought about that before I spent that money. You ever think like, no, yeah, shit, maybe I shouldn't spend this money right now. God damn. Bro, I, next time, next month, when, when the rut comes due. I'm just go. Hey, landlord. Uh, Wall Street Journal said right now is a terrible time to spend money. So, I kind of got to not do this right now. You're good with me not paying my rent, right? Yeah. And they're gonna say, yeah. Well, if the Wall Street Journal said so, then okay, that makes enough sense. Exactly. Yeah. You're just being like, okay, well, th this is this is it. We're not gonna spend money. And uh, yeah, you just say, boom, bada bing, bada boom. I'm not I'm not paying this rent. Sorry, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill here for a while. I'm just I'm just gonna tell uh, Dominion Energy, one of the biggest utility companies in the in the world, like, hey, uh, I know you fucking harvested that 
energy out in the in the Atlantic Ocean with your windmills and shit. And like, just not going to pay for it. Sorry, but like, you know, Wall Street Journal told me like, you know, I'm just, just not a good time right now to spend money. And, you know, I do take that advice to heart. Um, and in, in, in that advice, I'm just like, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to spend that money. Just not going to do it. And you're like, you're right. We should have, we should have known. We should have looked at that. We should have looked at that thing and like, it's just not, just not a good time, you know, with, with all the stuff going on in Israel, you know, just not a good time to spend money. Uh, you know, it's, should have just, should have just realized that. Fucking don't spend money. Do not contribute to the economy. Do not contribute to the spending reports. Do not contribute to government reports on jobs. Do not uh do not spend anything on on any do not spend your money. Um do not participate in the economy. Do not um Yeah, fuck. This is the second time in a row I said do not um so uh you Fuck, fuck. Do not fuck. This is the DJI bar. It's on bad edition. Do not fuck everyone. And the bullets in the gun. Bow, bow. This is the official piss break time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> The New Belgium Triple that I'm sipping on. It's a, it's a good beer. It's a, it's a classic. I, I'd say it's a classic. This was like one of my first good beers. I'm going to so say it's... it. My drunk ass picked a really bad time to remember that there were frozen Reese's Cups in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Never a bad time to remember that. Um, we back? Are we back? Yeah, we back. We eat a fucking Reese's Cups right now, bitch. Bow, bow. Uh, I got one more topic before we get into some music. If that's good, that's good. <laughs> I'm done with the Reese's Cups. Fucking move on, bitch. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is something I had mentioned. It is uh, uh, a show, a mini series that I would love to see, and I'm 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 offering this idea up to any sort of uh, you know maybe you listen to the, the to the Dub DB and you're you're a like the the cousin of the son of some uh, HBO executive or something, uh, or just some like a writer. Uh, I'm I'm offering this idea up to you. You can steal it. I, I don't I don't claim any uh, originality to it. In fact, I'm sure that somebody has suggested this by this point. But maybe I'm just the first person you're hearing it from. Uh, and this came out of uh, when I watched the John Adams show on HBO that I thought was I thought it was a decent show. I mean, I I appreciate the history of it. I think it was, uh, you know, like I mentioned when I talked about it, I think there's no good way to really uh, portray that specific story, you know, the, the founding of, of a country um, from, you know, uh, that country's media. 
I, I don't I don't think that could particularly work, but it is an interesting story and the acting was good. Uh, but, you know, one of my bigger complaints with it was just that I didn't think John Adams was a particularly interesting historical figure. Uh, I, I think, you know, you can't go you can't do the show from George Washington's perspective because that's that's almost sacrilegious in this country. But, you know, maybe we could have found some way to do it that would make it more interesting than John Adams. Uh, so what I what I think is great American history that most people aren't aware of that I think you could make really compelling television out of or at least I would say most people aren't aware of the events uh, of what I would say would be the first two episodes of a three part 90 minute episode miniseries. Uh, people understand the the last one, but the first two not so much. Uh, I would like a miniseries about the corrupt bargains of American history. Uh, there are three events that are known as corrupt bargains. These are the 1824 presidential election, uh, the compromise of 1877, and Gerald Ford's 1974 pardon of Richard Nixon. Uh, like I said, those first two are relatively unknown episodes in American history that have a lot of history and, you know, a lot of, uh, backroom deals or alleged backroom deals behind it. And I just think this would make for really compelling television. So the election of 1824 is the first episode. Uh, in the election of 1824, no candidate had received the majority of the needed electoral votes to become the president. Andrew Jackson had the most, but nobody had received a majority. So the outcome of the election actually went into uh, the House of Representatives, I guess. That's, I don't know if that's still how we determine it, but at least at the time, uh, if nobody received the majority of electoral votes needed to become the president, uh, the House of Representatives would decide who the president is. Uh, there were four candidates on the ballot. This, these were uh, John Quincy Adams, Henry Clay, Andrew Jackson, and William H. Crawford. But because of the 12th Amendment, uh, only the top three candidates in the electoral vote were admitted as candidates for uh, the House of, Representat House of Representatives to vote on for president. So Henry Clay was not in the running here. So it was John Quincy Adams, Andrew Jackson, and William H. Crawford. Uh, because Andrew, jo Andrew Jackson had received the most electoral votes coming into this, everybody kind of figured that he would be elected by the House. But instead, they elected John Quincy Adams. And it was believed at the time that this was because uh, Henry Clay, who was the Speaker of the House at the time, had convinced Congress to elect John Quincy Adams, who then made Clay his Secretary of State. So Andrew Jackson's supporters were furious about this and they called this a corrupt bargain this is the first supposed corrupt bargain in american history and bernie uh, tart blown the fuck out <laughs> <laughs> um i had to throw that in there the the andrew jackson's faction uh they really were were upset about this there was a a four-year campaign of revenge, it says, by the friends of Andrew Jackson. So they were not friendly to the John Quincy Adams administration at all. Uh, 
they thought it was uh, quote unquote tainted by aristocracy and corruption with John Quincy Adams, of course, being he was either the son, or the grandson of John Adams. Uh, I can't quite remember which I want to say grandson. Um, and so, you know, this this was just not a, a fun time in American history. Um, there was there was just no cooperation in the government at the time. And that is why John Quincy Adams only had his one term is because his first term was just completely tainted by this. Uh, but later in 1998, uh, oh, a few game the... theory mathematicians. Yeah, they they, you know, did the math. They really fucking did the math to uh, assert that. This was a sincere voting. Uh, that this was completely legitimate, that Henry Clay had nothing to, he didn't convince Congress to to vote a certain way uh, to make sure that he was appointed Speaker of the House um, or Secretary of State, sorry. Uh, it was just everybody voted the way that they would have voted. Uh, and it, it's just, you know, maybe it didn't seem like it was a logical way for things to proceed at the time, but apparently it was legitimate and i think that's a really interesting episode of american history how things completely got fucked up over something that was entirely legitimate like his first corrupt bargain was not necessarily corrupt in any sort of way i think that that will make for great drama i think you could additionally make a very good case that this would be an excellent candidate for a for an untrustworthy narrator uh yes series or skit because of the very next paragraph that says, regardless of the theories, Adams was a one-term president. His rival, Jackson, who had his band of supporters, Jackson was elected president by a large majority of electors in the following election, 19, or 1828, and then defeated Clay for a second term in 1832. This is a pro wrestling narrative right here. He fucking <laughs> killed his bitch and his second bitch in the next two elections by a large majority. So I think that would be really it. I completely agree with you. I think this first of three corrupt bargains would be a series on its own, an eight episode series. There, are, I'm sorry, but there is a lot here, and sure, I'm sure that there is probably filler. But if there is every episode is like 40 minutes, I bet you could make a really good show out of this. This just this this an eight episode, 40 minutes an episode series of uh, of of this one corrupt bargain. That's that's because it's early American history. You could probably make a lot of cool cool stuff because. I think the two the the two party system does away with a lot of this whole if there's no fucking person that gets two seventy or whatever it is then it goes to the house. No, nah, the two party system just kills all that shit because someone's gonna get it. So that's that's my take on that. But this would be awesome. But there are two more. Yeah. So what do you yeah. Think? I mean, I think I think maybe you could do like three seasons out of out of these three corrupt bargains. Maybe do like. S somewhere between four and six like 60 minute episodes for all of these uh i wouldn't want to stretch it out too long but i do think you could do more than 90 minutes um my original idea was just to do three 90 minute episodes because i knew that you couldn't contain any of these events to like 60 minutes in themselves um but i i do i do uh support the idea of maybe expanding them a little bit and maybe making a whole series based on these three corrupt bargains um i don't know how well 
the third one would would stand to something extended um, just because it's so recent and I think people are more familiar with it. But we'll continue on here. Uh, the second corrupt bargain, the election of 1876, which led to the compromise of 1877. So what happened in, in 1876 is that three southern states and this is like quoted from Wikipedia. Uh, three southern states had contested vote counts and each sent the results of two different slates of electors. Since both candidates needed those electoral votes to win the election, Congress appointed a special electoral commission to settle the dispute over which slates of electors to accept. After the Compromise of 1877, the commission awarded all the disputed electoral votes to the Republican candidate, Rutherford B. Hayes, and Congress voted to accept their report. Some of the points in the compromise are said to have already been the established position of Hayes from the time of his accepting the Republican nomination. Hayes' detractors labeled the alleged compromise a corrupt bargain and mocked him with the nickname <laughs> Ruther Fraud, <laughs> which is like top tier, dude. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Like, that's a top tier Trump nickname. Um, the most often cited item in the compromise was the agreement to accept Southern home rule by withdrawing the remaining Northern troops from Southern capitals because this is post-Civil War. Yeah. Uh, that would remove an important tool the federal government had used to force the South to uphold the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, which were intended to protect the rights of African Americans, particularly their right to vote. So yeah, the general a bunch idea of shit here. went down after this. We're like, exactly. All right, we're going to make these black people never fucking vote again. <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> that's why this is such a controversial moment is because that that's the whole core of the corrupt bargain is that to get their candidate into the presidency for the Republicans to get their candidate into pre presidency or for behaves. They basically had to like give up on any sort of post-Civil War protections that they had established to make sure that shit didn't quickly backslide into reaction in the South. But it was worth it to them. And again, I think this, this is, is such crazy, an interesting story. Man. Man. Jesus Christ, he's insane. holy <laughs> uh, And most of us don't know about this. And this, I you know, never, again, I have never read about this. <laughs> I can confidently say I've never read about this. This, I, this I honestly plays, have not, which is crazy. I'm sorry. This this plays even more into you know the the realignment of the Democrats and the Republicans, where this is more or less where Republicans kind of just like gave up on black people. Like that's kind of where it happened. Is they said like, all right, we're done. You know, we want our guy in the, in the presidency. We're done. Dude, it took ten years. It took ten <laughs> years. Wasn't the Civil War done in like 1864, 1865? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years, big, important election came up. Yeah, fuck it. We need this guy in the president. Bro, I bet at this point that like the 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 line between another secession was probably pretty fucking strong. And they're like the southern states are like, we'll we'll let you fucking do this shit. But you get your guys out of here now, now. Mm -hmm. And the north is like. Can we really do another war? No. Fuck it. You know? Yeah. And, man, knowing that the civil rights shit took until 1965, 90 years, 9-0. Oh, Jesus. Not good. Um, yeah. That's the 
that's the price. This but again, you know, there's there's some there's some uh you know some subtext in here that maybe you know maybe they it even says on the Wikipedia page that keeping uh keeping troops in the South had kind of become unpopular even by Grant's second term. So even before this, it had been kind of like a, you know, how long do we really need to do this kind of thing? <laughs> like everybody was kind of ready for it to be done. Not everybody, but like a large enough contingent of people was already kind of ready uh, for, for this to be done. And, you know, maybe this was just the, the best opportunity they had at the time. You know, there's so much subtext in this and so much drama that could come yeah, out of wait. it. Great television oh. right here. Generally, police for maintaining the troops had dissipated during Grant's second term. So wait, I don't get, I don't get this. So Rutherford B. Hayes. Oh, so no, Grant was. I'm stupid. Fucking Grant was immediately after Lincoln. Yeah. Oh, okay, that makes more sense then. Hayes had little to no choice but to detect some. Yeah, I mean, I I could see the South. I could wow. If anyone on Earth I could fucking see want home rule, it would be the Southern United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see that being a very easy bargaining chip. Then, if the fucking South already, if the South wanted that, and the North, like, probably at that point, money had real value, and they're like, we're sending all this money to have troops in Charleston and Raleigh and trying to think of southern capital atlanta and richmond probably richmond the most at that point they're like yeah we we probably don't want that because you know it's just the southern states that are getting that money and they're like well we don't really care about that you know you know just make sure they're not doing slavery and and we don't really care uh you know i, I think that that's what would be the common opinion of the northerners at that point like as long as they're not doing slavery we don't care and yeah they're you know honestly even then they're probably like you know they can do a lot but as long as they're not making slaves then whatever but mm-hmm. um i gotta really read this deeply and i'm like in a one and a half big drinks down <laughs> i'm like trying Bro, this <laughs> I'm is... like, and it's just text on a page <laughs> <laughs> This is this is legitimately some shit that like I I was I was reading about like last week after I had had a couple of drinks and like had an edible and I was just like going down these rabbit holes You're and like, I was like what the fuck, what the fuck? Like, this is insane. <laughs> the Democratic um, pre- president sa- or platform Samuel Tilden promised but never actually went through. For a time, Hayes's approach had some success, but gradually Southern states moved to build new barriers to black suffrage and flourishing barriers which would hold legally for almost yeah almost the yeah, entire so, century it's probably the same so time that i just said yeah and, and they're what they're saying there is that like the the democratic nominee at the Jim time Crow, samuel yeah, tilden he was he was saying like okay i'll get those northern troops gone and i don't give a fuck about the freedom like those black people like i don't give a fuck. like they can do whatever you guys want to do go and do it uh and uh you know the republicans at the time uh, led by Hayes, were like, okay, we want the troop. We'll we'll take the troops out, but like also like we kind of do like you know want to make sure that like you guys don't fuck with the black people that much, but like you can still kind of do it, but like you know just try and like be respectful you know, about it. <laughs> yeah, just kind of just kind of yeah, be respectful in your discrimination. Like come on, like try and play ball here. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, but I have to ask this because this is topical. But I always see that Republicans do a really silly, weird like statement that like. 
oh, at some point, Lincoln was a Republican and he freed the slaves and not the Democrats. The Democrats used to be mega racist and now it's us. But it didn't used to be that way. Like, what 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 does that actually tangibly amount to? That's 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 like uh, true. Um, but what it comes down to is what what people call the Southern strategy. Uh, which uh, really kind of comes back to Nixon, actually, who we'll, who we'll talk about in a second. I, I here. Up. <laughs> um, but it was basically, you know, uh, it was a way for Republicans to to win the South. Basically, is they they appealed to a lot of like, you know, racist notions. Um, you know, when the civil rights movement was going on, and there was, you know, sort of a flip in, uh, you know, we, we have these two parties that have been named the same things for all this time, but they have uh, had different positions throughout history. So it's not it doesn't really mean anything to talk about what they were doing, you know, 200 years ago or 150 years ago or whatever, because everything has moved so much since then. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's like. It's it's a shit point to make. It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, of course I'm it doesn't. Saying. I'm just like curious as to why they make it, or or at least like the foundation of of what is being stated. I will say this 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 photo with Nixon with that like iconic mobile like stand. <laughs> that's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty solid, man. I dig that with that's, the trees in the background. That's a solid photo. I dig that. Like yeah. I'm sure that there was a time that America used to, like. Bro, they need to use these old style camera photos for like the old ages or for for new. They need to use the old camera settings for new photos because these photos look crisp as hell. Look at that Nixon like solid with the fucking mobile stand in the trees. And I think the contrast is just right. Like this, they did it right. They they did cameras right back then. But now it's like it's too defined and like I can see all of fucking all the geriatrics fucking old ass pimples <laughs> on their face and shit. No, nah, I don't need to see that shit. Just put some makeup on and fucking, you know, look nice. Look nice for the cameras. That's what they got to do. Yeah. So talk yeah. about Nixon again. <laughs> <laughs> so this is <laughs> this is the third corrupt bargain which most of us are are familiar with. Um, you know, Nixon he did some things. Um he he, he did some things that made him a little unpopular um and there's there's a there's a show about watergate on hbo that i actually don't think is that good there's I, frost I nixon frost nixon more. the movie i haven't seen that is it good uh, i've heard i've heard that it was like that some people liked some people didn't but that's a movie that came out and that I was think it was nominated for best picture but it was like one of the shit nominations that was just that's like, like hey, early nixon though out? isn't it that's like early uh, nixon maybe, yeah maybe, frost but... nixon that's like a debate right no, Frost Nixon's a movie. Yeah, but like that was like, oh, okay, it was an interview he did with a British journalist, I David mean, it Frost. Was a movie. I thought it was a, I thought it was a full live action movie. Yeah, no, I mean it's a movie. Yeah, but it was also like about a certain thing that that happened. Um, Two thousand. It's about shit. I thought it was a little bit more recent than that. I'm getting a bit old. I don't like that. Oh shit! It yeah, was an so... interview. Yeah, it looks like it was a sixty minutes interview. Martin Michael Sheen, fucking Christ. Yeah. So so basically, like Nixon agreed to the interview because he thought Frost was gonna like gonna toss some softballs, and then Frost didn't do that. It's like fuck. 
Yeah. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I, I think that this is a six. This is a, a readaptation of that sixty minutes um, interview. Irving Lazar, that's a name. This yeah. Crazy, so anyway, man. yeah this 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 last corrupt bargain is just basically about Gerald Ford uh, pardoning Richard Nixon for his, um, you know, alleged crimes involving the Watergate scandal. And the idea behind it is just basically that um, Ford agreed to pardon Nixon because it would make him president. Um, so like Nick, Nixon would step down and Ford would pardon him so that Ford could move from vice president to president. That's basically the whole that's the whole idea of, of this being a corrupt bargain, uh, because, you know, for most people, there was no real reason for Ford to pardon Nixon. Like it, it still doesn't make a lot of sense looking back at it historically. Um, and it really fucked with Ford's approval rating. Um, oh, yeah. Like, uh, apparently, I think I, before he pardoned Nixon, his approval rating was like 71%. And afterwards, it dropped all the way down to 50 What I also read on a page that I can't see right now is that uh, Ford had kind of he carried some some piece of like legal doctrine in his wallet for the rest of his life after that that implied that somebody you know issuing a pardon uh, there was an implication in that issuance of the pardon that kind of said that you know the person that you're pardoning pardoning is guilty of something and when somebody accepts the pardon uh, there's an implication there that they are admitting that they're guilty of something and that was sort of his reasoning for it uh, that. You know, it was the only way, I guess, to get Nixon to admit that he was guilty and to avoid, you know, the massive government spillover that might have come from, you know, uh, all everything around that. If if Nixon had never been pressed to like admit some sort of guilt, if it had like gone to trial or or you know whatever and and, and done all this stuff after that, and it had been a big affair, uh, he just kind of was ready to get it over with. And again, I think the internal drama of Gerald Ford at the time. Great television. That would be amazing television to see him oh, sort yeah. of struggle with, you know, the implications of him pardoning Nixon versus the implications of just letting this all slide and letting this all go and, and taking his hands off of it. Um, and he kind of felt like the moral stance at the time was to just end it there. Um, that's a heavy decision to make. I absolutely agree. You could make like a, I think you could do like a, a tasteful four to six episode. I don't even think 60 minutes. I think like 45 minutes an episode on. Uh, I think you should really just do the court hearings, like the subcommittee house subcommittee hearings on uh, from the president. That would be so fucking crazy nowadays, dude. There's no, there's a reason that this shit was done in like the 70s and the 80s. Like, bro, could you imagine Joey fucking Brandon sitting in <laughs> on the fucking House committee being questioned by fucking Mike Johnson? I, don't even, I honestly do not even remember if Mike Johnson is his real name. That is I, it. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Johnson fucking questioning Joey Brandon <laughs> on the house, like why he pardoned fucking. We're just gonna say Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton got into some shit, <laughs> and why did you do that? Fucking Joey Brandon's like fucking. Uh, what's it? What's the guy's name? What's the ice cream guy's name? 
fucking the ice cream guy the ice cream guy that he gave in his speech one time oh corn pop yeah corn pop told me to fucking do it corn pop told me to fucking pardon joe fucking bill clinton yeah corn pop did it this would be messed up nowadays that's all i'm trying to say but uh this would be very cool i think that uh this is gonna be i think that i hope that gen z understands the 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 nixon stuff and that like weird times i don't i don't think that we're gonna get many more weird times and i say that like while trump is still a possible literally on trial yeah literally (laughs) on trial like i don't see that as like currently weird though I see no, stuff like from this as from this era. This was fucking crazy. Like this was nuts. This was really, really interesting. And I, I, I don't care about stuff that's that's current. Like I see this black and white photo of uh, President Ford in front of the House subcommittee giving a testimony on why he pardoned Nixon. I'm like. Could you fucking imagine this shit happening nowadays? We would be going crazy about this shit. But then also, yeah. like, there's there's Donald Trump and no one gives a damn. Well, that's, you know, that's... It It feels... It's just cliche to, and like, to, to even say this kind of thing nowadays. But, like, it does kind of feel like that with Trump, there's kind of the... It's, it's the end of something. And I don't know what that thing is. But, like, everything has become so ridiculous surrounding him that it's not even... It's not even crazy anymore. You know, you're reading about these old corrupt bargains. That shit sounds crazy. You read about the shit that uh, Trump is allegedly, you know, accused of or whatever. And... It's like, yeah, that shit's wild, but like, it doesn't seem crazy because this is Trump. Like, that's just that's just him, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. This is cool though. I I think like your overall your argument for that these being like, I think the coolest is the first one. This uh, this this presidential election. I think that would be the very coolest. I think that's like where I would watch the most, especially and anything revolving Henry Clay. Henry Clay is a is a is a motherfucker that comes up a lot for a real reason. <laughs> I I remember uh like my high school AP class for US history that Henry Clay is like a motherfucker that is just around a lot for like 50 <laughs> years. 50 yeah, years this yeah. motherfucker is just ch- chilling out in American history. Like in in excerpts from like 1824 and 1850s and like the beginning of the American thing like 1790 like this motherfucker is just here just chilling just just giving his ideas and shit. I'm like Henry Clay is a real guy. He's a real guy. Uh I think this election is really cool too, but I've also seen too much. And I already, kn- I think that's part of it is I know too much about the Nixon stuff already that mm-hmm. I, I would really need to like be presented new information, like, like all of the stuff that if he didn't pardon Nixon, that Nixon was liable for a lot of litigation and, and other stuff. That's, that is, that I would consider nowadays to be like unreal and not like, reasonable by any president like that would be kind of cool kind of similar to the stuff that you had said last week about the auschwitz movie that you're like okay if, if i'm gonna enjoy an auschwitz movie it needs to be like this it needs to be serious it needs to be like you know from a new perspective similar to that 
that's kind of what I want to see from a Nixon right. Nixon arc. So right. Well, that's I, that's why I think cool. the only the only way to like really give a fresh take on the Nixon story is like nobody focuses on Ford. Whenever they're talking about all this stuff, it's always about like Nixon and oh, yeah. his history and uh, you know all the tricky dick kind of shit. But nobody really takes a look at like the internal life of Ford through all of this stuff. And I think that's where it would really get interesting is if you focused on him for this story. And Nixon is just a side character. That would this, be cool. In this, you know, because Ford's he's a one term president, right? Like he's fucking irrelevant oh, yeah. after this shit. So. I think, yeah, it needs it needs to focus on him and what's going on in his head as this like side character in this bigger story where he's actually you know, probably the most important person in the whole thing because he made the critical decision here. What if you had, um, what if you had a, a biopsy or not a biopsy, a biopic, biopic on, uh, <laughs> biopsy. on Ford? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Stop speaking. Uh, a biopic on Ford. That would be really cool because you have Ford as a, as a chair of the House Republican Conference. Uh, in the mid '60s, a leader of the House Republican Conference in the late '60s and early '70s. Then you have him as a House Minority Leader in the same amount of time. He's he was also the House Minority Leader, so uh, I can't really equate that to common people because I don't fucking know any of the House Minority Leaders. But from a House Minority it's Leader, Jeffries he, right now. Yeah, Keem Jeffries. I I honestly just know him as a fucking name uh, that I've heard he's on. He's fucking him. irrelevant anyway. Exactly he's a irrelevant. Block. So this guy was irrelevant for eight years, and then he <laughs> becomes a vice president because Spiru Agnew had to get fucking uh, <laughs> killed by Nixon for his whole scandal and shit. So so Ford became a vice president for less than a year before eventually becoming yeah. the president because Nixon eventually got axed. This would be an interesting rise to like. This is like a falling upwards story that I think would be it very is. interesting. Ford is he's still the only person to become president without winning an election for president or vice president. That's why they wild. used to elect the vice presidents back in the day. But <laughs> dude, nowadays if Ford became president, whatever opposite side would fucking paint him to be like Hitler. We didn't vote for him. We didn't vote for him for vice. We didn't vote for him for dude. Can you imagine Hakeem Jeffries becoming president nowadays? Like through this chain of events, like Joey Brandon had to kill Kamala and then Joey Brandon got killed himself. And then Hakeem Jeffries is the president. Bro, every single day, freaking Charlie Kirk would start off his show by praying to Allah that fucking Hakeem Jeffries sees the light of fucking death. I guarantee you this shit would happen. That would be nuts. I'm just saying. So this this is an interesting story based on a perspective that we do not see as realistic nowadays. So for that reason yeah. alone, this would be kind of cool. But it would have to be a little bit tailored to be uh to be cool. Um to be to be a show worth watching. So uh I'm mm. gonna say you gotta start off with music shit, bro. I'm, I'm like, no, no, you know, we're, we're cooking at sixty, we're cooking at seventy percent. You got how many, how many <laughs> albums you got? How many albums you got? Delete <laughs> <laughs> that. I guess we should never allow that to be a joke. 
I'll censor it. Um, I got, I got, <laughs> I got two things I could talk about. Um, I'm, I want to save one for the end here. So I actually kind of want to just, I'll get these two out of the way. I know you, you got like four metal albums. So, I got, um, these are not going to be long reviews. I'm just saying. Okay, that. I'll start off with the uh, the first album I listened to for this week. Uh, this is by uh, a duo. Uh, this is Joey Valence and Bray. Uh, they put out an album this year called Punk Tactics. Uh, it's a hip-hop album. Uh, we got primaries here, East Coast hip-hop and hardcore hip-hop. Okay, I got I get that. We got secondaries of mid-school hip-hop, nerdcore hip-hop, boom bap, and breakbeat. Bro, what the fuck is mid-school? Like, who who decided that mid-school needed mid-school, to be a thing? Mid-school. Mid-school. I thought we had old school, and then we had, like, everything after that. But now there's, like, yeah. mid-school? That's uh, bullshit. This is yeah, that's kind of a shit genre that nobody actually understands. Uh, nerdcore hip hop, I kind of, I feel like that doesn't need to be a genre. That's like, silly shit. You fucking childish Gambino listening ass motherfuckers <laughs> making a genre. Shit. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's that shit's kind of stupid. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is thirty-one minutes and eighteen seconds across fourteen tracks. Um, I kind of fuck with this. I kind of fuck with this. Uh, it's sitting at a 3.65 right now from 731 rating, so not a lot. Uh, but it's number 45 on the year, and it is bolded. Uh, I I think this is worth a listen, for sure. Uh, I see a lot of people in these comments uh, talking about how this is like kind of, you know, maybe they're a little bit too heavy on Beastie Boys reference, and I have not really listened to too much of the Beastie Boys, so I can't comment on that. Um, I think these guys, these guys are both um, um, pale skinned. I don't know if I don't know if they're white or if they're Jewish or what, um, but uh, I, I don't know if that has something to do with like people saying like, "Oh, this is like heavily indebted to the Beastie Boys." Like, I can't comment on that or not. Um, but what I do really like about this is that it's number one it's always good to see you know some younger musicians kind of taking charge and really you know creating a product that uh is is quality and that a lot of people can uh understand and get into um anytime you see like younger musicians you know putting themselves on the map i i I always think you know especially if it's like a, a good release i think it's worth uh mentioning um, but the other thing that I would say, uh, that I think I really like about this is that it's, it's really clear that these guys are not trying to be anything, you know, they're not trying to fit into any sort of scene that is happening right now. Like this is not trendy music in any sort of way, but at the same time, they're not so, uh, absorbed by nostalgia for, you know, like, uh, early nineties or whatever kind of hip hop. Uh, they're just kind of like making the kind of music that they want to make. And I think nowhere is that more apparent than gumdrop, which I think is actually a fucking terrible track. Uh, I'm never going to listen to that song again. It's fucking garbage, but you know, they're not going to put that on the album unless they're just making the kind of music they want to make. So I, I appreciate that. You know, it's a song that I can say, like, I don't like it, but I appreciate what they're going for with it. Um, Really, when I listen to them, there's one guy. I don't know which one is Joey and which one is Bray. Um, I, I think the higher pitched voice is Joey because I think I read he's like 17 or something. Um, 
when I hear him, I kind of get hints of Imani from the far side. And uh, when I listen to the person I'm, I'm assuming is Bray, uh, I, I get hints of Prince Poe from Organized Confusion. And I'm not saying these guys are hitting that level, but uh, for me to even like reference them, uh, that's that's definitely a compliment. Uh, this is absolutely more than just Beastie Boys reference. If I can isolate, you know, certain other influences outside of that, this is a really fun record. Again, it's it's thirty minutes, so like you're not wasting your time by going to listen to this. Um, you you can fit this into your day whenever. It's very upbeat. Uh, it's very lighthearted. There's not you know a lot of serious topics being discussed on this. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I I kind of wanted not. I wanted to dislike it uh, on that note because it is kind of like one note. There's not a lot of variations in the sound or in the subject matter or uh, just in how they rap. Like they kind of, they have a vibe and they go with it. Um, and at the same time, they're also like kind of talking about stuff like Teen Titans and Power Rangers and Lunchables. <laughs> and like, I get it, you know, they're young enough for me to be okay with it. But like, I, I really do hope they develop a little bit more than that and have more personality than that um street pizza that's a fucking disappointing song man i i cannot even it, it is the lowest rated track here for good reason um but it, it it sucks because when that song starts you know there's these drums that come in and the guitars hit on top of that and i'm like oh shit this is like kind of a hardcore punk track and and these guys are about to fucking rap over that like i'm excited to hear what they're gonna do over it uh but it's just like a joke song it's not serious and that stinks. I don't know. Yeah, I think they could have done something really original and really, really cool on top of that. But to just like make it a joke song, um, big letdown there. Uh, Club Sandwich isn't really that much better. Uh, somebody uh, in in one of the reviews here uh, mentions a line on that song. I don't know if I can even find it uh, on on the page right now. But uh, oh, here we go. Uh, this isn't a review that. Four reviews left on October 10th. Uh, there's a line in the song. I'm in the club with my sandwich. Call that a club sandwich. And it's just like, bro, like, fuck off. Like, stop. 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 To, somebody should have grabbed the mic from you, man. Like, that's not okay. I get it. They're young. They're fucking around. Like, there's no way that they expected this to even be as big as it got. Like, these are some fucking nobodies. But it's it's a good listen overall. I think it's a really good listen. I'm really happy with it. I'll, I'll give a specific shout out here to the user, uh, the ODB, as you can see, on October 28th. He said, this is like RTJ, but dumber and harder. Agreed. Agreed, bro. RTJ is fucking corny. I, I don't I don't like Rugged Jewels. I think they're <laughs> okay. fucking corny. Um, but this gives you that same energy, uh, but like, you know, without trying to be a serious, but also being a more enjoyable listen. So, um, Joey Violence and Bray, man. Uh, for a debut album, I'm really happy with this. But even outside of that, I'm pretty happy with it. I'm um, I'm good to give this a 3.5. I think this is worthwhile. Listen, this is something you should absolutely get to before the year ends. It's only 30 minutes, and I'm looking forward to what these guys are going to do in the future. So Joey Violence and Bray Punk Tactics 3.5 out of five. Part of me is uh, looking at their their like associated lists, and I'm like, shit, I should really make an artists I've seen live uh, list because. I love seeing all these like artists I've never heard of, but I see that like they've been seen by eight or nine people on RYM 
in some capacity. <laughs> and I know that these are not gigantic shows. There's no way. Um, right. I look at this and I see that they're from State College, Pennsylvania, which means that they either go to or, in, or are in some way associated to Penn State. And uh, I see that the MC is named Joey Bertolino, which means uh, this guy is from New York City in some regard, and he is going to college, <laughs> and uh, he is picking Penn State. You know, Penn State is a big school, very, very big school. And, uh, you know, from if you're from New York City, that's one of the schools that you probably consider when you're going to a to a big school or like when you want to go to a big school and not terribly well, you know, compared to very big colleges, probably not that expensive, but, uh, you know, that's, this is probably one of those like a uh, college, like dick around bands. I'm looking at the, uh, the punk, the punk tactics, like cover. And yeah, this is definitely one of those fucking fuck around bands. And, uh, I'd, I can I could see this being an RTJ but cheesy and and uh, like cheesier and uh you know mess around more. It probably looks like a fun thing to listen to and 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 laugh when it's bad cuz I'm sure it's bad in, in a number of times like you said. Yeah. Yeah, there's some points where I'm like, damn, like they had a good thing going but really they had to they had to drop those bars right there. You like um, this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, I added the song Watch Your Step to the playlist because there's a Bane reference near the end of that song, and I think you need to hear that. All right, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going <laughs> to listen to it tonight. I, it's happening. I'm going to I'm gonna go through two albums on my on my part. I listened to four okay. metal albums this, this, uh, this week, and by this week, I mean the last three days. Uh, I have listened to uh, – I'm going to get to this, this album first. Um, this is uh, – this is a band which I believe has been on this show in some regard before, but I can't exactly call out when it has been on this show. It might be for this exact album, uh, because I swear to God that you have talked about this before. Um, this is Thantifaxath. This is a band from Toronto, Canada. This is uh, this is the album that released back in June. This is in the third page of 2023. Uh, this is 104 on the year. This is called Hive Mind Narcosis. And uh, you saying I have has confirmed my cognitive bias that th it was this exact album that you had said uh, that you had reviewed before. I have, uh, so I have given this album a three out of five. And the reason that I give this album a three out of five is because I think at times this has reminded me of some of the better black metal albums that I have listened to. And I think that this is in your, this is of all the four that I'm going to say today uh, albums. I think that this is the most in your wheelhouse of things that you will like. I am saying this because I don't remember what you gave this album. I think you gave this a favorable <laughs> rating uh, I don't know that you gave it above a 3.5, and if you didn't give it above a 3.5, like, I'm probably not going to remember it, um, like, you know, four months, five months later. But I think that you liked this a little bit, and I think that's probably appropriate, because I think that this is most in the uh, the accepted wheelhouse of black metal albums that is that has vocals that are just screechy enough without being annoying 
groany enough without being bombastic and, and over the top. I think that these are very, very similar to a lot of Def Heaven stuff that came out in the early 2010s, but with a little bit more polished instrumentals and a little bit more polished um, tonal range. I think that tonal range is a really big part that I don't talk about enough in black metal because tonal range is... I think that black metal and, and some of the a little bit more experimental metal is favored by less range. I don't think that a very high range of metal um, is very good for a lot of works because I think it distracts the listener um, as far as what they should be listening to and what they shouldn't be listening to. I think high-pitched metal typically tends to 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 get forgotten about or, or ignored as not relevant or not important. I think that um, I think that some of the more progressive parts, I I know in my uh, in my little snippets that Surgical Utopian Love starts off as very Dreamhouse esque, and I note that Hungry Ghosts and Sub Lilith Tunnels are some of my highlights on here. I think that Hungry Ghosts starts off really, really, really well. I uh, really, and I am now getting distracted by this photo of these fucking vermin that are that are coming at you live from New York or, or, or <laughs> Pennsylvania. I I hate these people. Fucking, they are the Zoomer <laughs> Beastie Boys. They deserve every part of that. But uh, on the Thantafaxath, I think that um, I think that Hungry Ghosts and Sublil Tunnels are two of my favorite songs, and they're very very different. A uh, hungry ghost starts off as a as a really spacious sounding, um, like piece that really delivers a like a like some of the more ambient uh, feelings of black metal that uh that is common in uh, in some of the works that I enjoy, and Sublil Tunnels delivers on some of the higher pitched. Um, like bell instruments that I think or, or bell instrumentals that black metal that I enjoy succeeds in. Uh, I think that lost wisdom of the wolves was a little bit too aggressive for me. I don't know that uh, there was a lot of switch up in that. That seems to be just coming at you with, with stuff that I've really already heard before. Um, I am finding now that the, that this is from dark descent records, Dark Descent Records sounds like it would be the AAA fucking record station of a uh, <laughs> of black metal album artists. So fuck fuck you, Dark Descent Records, for that alone. I don't know anything about your operations. I don't know anything about you, but your name is too cringy. So fuck you for that. For that, um, I'm giving uh, I'm giving this Thantafaxath, Toronto, Ontario uh, band a higher end three. Uh, out of five but i think that uh there are probably instances like if you give me a month to really sit on this i would probably rate it a low 3.5 but there's not a lot of movement there i think that this is like a good overall presented album i think in what it's got going for it is that it's only seven songs regardless of the of the length i think that they're presenting this more as a, a collection of larger ideas than a large collection of small ideas. And I think that works in its favor for me, but I don't know that 
Burning Kingdom of Now or Mind of the Sun or even Solar Witch have really moved me in such a way that I care a whole lot. I think that this is, um, I think that some of their, I think this gets lost in a little bit of genericism, but I think that the vocals do the best in not being really overly annoying or overly unique or overly trying to deliver something. I think that Deaf Heaven was a little bit ahead of their time and that they delivered vocals that were just seamless enough to feel like they were embedded into the music. And I think that Thantifaxeth does that at times, um, mostly in Surgical Utopian and Hungry Ghosts, but I don't... Or actually, no, sorry, not in Hungry Ghosts, Sub-Lilith Tunnels. They don't, I don't think there's many vocals at all in Hungry Ghosts, but... I think that it's done at times really well, but I don't feel anything unique in this that hasn't been done by Def Heaven before. So I'm giving this a three out of five. But thank you, Canada, for doing your Canada shit, giving some, some metal. Yeah. Um, if you are wondering, um, I, I do remember giving this a 3.5. Um, I kind of had some of the same criticisms as you. Um, I don't, from what I remember about this album, I don't think it really crossed that that threshold into being like, oh, this is some like really great stuff I'm listening to. I mean, I appreciated a lot of what they were doing, and uh, "Hungry Ghost" was actually the song I added to the playlist back. You back bastard, in June. you didn't fucking seriously <laughs> add "Hungry Ghost." I didn't even get a duplicate report from that. Are you fucking serious? I did. I did add "Hungry Ghost" to the playlist. It's number sixty-seven. Um, you fucking but bastard! I, mean... I swear to God, <laughs> I, ah, think it just... I can't even believe it. It didn't even come up in my control F that I fucking also added this. <laughs> I think it just speaks to the fact that that's that's clearly the best song on this album. Um, and bullshit. I'm pissed off. I I I mean, no, I mean I I agree with most of what you're saying. I think. It gets that little bit of extra higher rating for me because it is a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Like it, it kind of plays on a lot more stuff that I'm specifically looking for when it comes to metal in general, but black metal specifically. Um, so, I, I don't, I don't have any disagreements with the review. I, I think that's a pretty fair rating for it. Also, I will say, Sublil Tunnels also does not have many lyrics at all. It is a very atmospheric. Those first 30 seconds of Hungry Ghosts are fucking fire. I am listening to that shit, and I'm just like, this shit, I am ready to run through a freaking wall for this album. This is absolutely insane. <laughs> I am also not going to put an 11-minute song on this album. I am not going to put a six-minute atmospheric song on this album. <laughs> Should I put anything from this album on it? Because I really don't I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't think I'm going to do it. Because Hunger Ghost was my song, and fucking, you know what? I'm not gonna do it. Not happening. Fucking okay. Good album though. Uh, (laughs) I like it, but there's nothing else that really suits it, in my opinion. So, three out of three out of five. Uh, My second album that I'm gonna review in this little snippet is from the artist Afterbirth. Afterbirth is an is an artist from New York, United States. This is a band from Cody Dresser. David Case, Keith Harris, Matt Duncan, Will Smith. Will Smith is Will on Smith. the fucking band <laughs> credits, ladies and gentlemen. Will Smith himself. <laughs> vocals from... <laughs> 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 I'm 
Sun. This is their first bolded album, 2023, in but not of. This is a red album, ladies and gentlemen. Red album in the background with that uh with that Paul Disciple fucking white background circular around the head sort of deal. Uh, I know that's a biblical thing, and the the person itself is a creature of sorts with uh, teeth in the chest and a bone in the blue and the you get the get the red shit on the left shoulder and the fucking machine on the right shoulder and the right leg and the blue colored machine on the left torso and the left leg and you got the 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 wheel flywheel in the crotch and uh this album sucks dick this album is trash (laughs) this album sounds like the motherfuckers tried to simultaneously emulate what an easter island head would sound like paired with a fucking burping impersonation of uh you know what that what a what an what a metal artist would sound like if they were burping all of the lyrics if they were simultaneously singing and burping and shit um i'm going to say this right now this is the deepest tone I've ever heard a, a main artist carry throughout a whole album. If you're going to give me a mean, like deep tone rating on, uh, on, on what this album is, it, it's very deep. It's the deepest I've ever heard. If, if that's all you need to know, then, then sure. Uh, this album sucks. This album is not good. The mixing is bad. The, the mastering is bad. The vocals are really, really bad. Uh, this sounds like it was recorded in a garage. Um, the arrangements are fucking mediocre as shit compared to some of the other stuff I will be reviewing later and have already reviewed. Um, this is like, we could make a metal album and then they <laughs> go and did it. And they're like, we're going to be different because we're going to do this. And that idea was trash also. Uh, this is awful. This is like constant garbage of vocals and arrangement and mastering and mixing and instrumental and recording quality. This is a one out of five. This is fucking dog shit. I don't know how this is technical at all. Just based maybe that there are pace changes and tempo changes in songs. And that's what makes it technical. I'm going to like look at the ratings because there are 600 people that have listened to this album and it's fucking dog shit. This is one of the worst albums I have listened to all <laughs> year long. I'm going to plus the brutal death metal part because this shit was brutal to fucking listen to. I <laughs> think that these motherfuckers need to take a step back and consider this is not good. This is also bolded on the site. Bolded. Top 10,000 pieces of musical instrument works of all time. This is one of the worst 50 things that I have ever heard. <laughs> this is absolutely in the worst 50 things I've ever heard. Easily. I, I would not even say that's a question. And I'm mixing in all the dumb shit I listened to when I was like 13 or 15. (laughs) This is in there. This is trash. This is mixed poorly. Everything is bad. Everything is bad. There's no good part about this. One out of five. 
Fuck you, New York. <laughs> Fucking dickheads. Damn. I don't... <laughs> Your turn. I, just, I I know not to listen to this. Don't. It's trash. Um, I feel like I've I've looked at this this one before. Maybe we even talked about it a while ago where I saw the tags and I was like, eh, Prague attack death. Like that's gonna be like kind of wanky and then the brutal tag, like uh, I don't I don't know how I feel about that, but uh I'm comfortable skipping this one. I do think it's interesting that these guys formed in nineteen ninety three, apparently, but they didn't get an actual album out until 2017 um there's there's a couple of demos from like the early 90s and then there's a 2014 demo and then there's their their you know 2017 album and that's it so that might have been a sign that like maybe you guys should just not be making music if if you've been here for if you've been in the game for like 20 years and you still can't get an album out like maybe you should just stop yeah they should just stop this shit was trash and uh, when you make an album this bad, it is time to stop. I will say that. And that's my opinion. You can't sway okay. me off that either. Well, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna move off of that into the second album I listened to this week, which uh, I, I just realized when I was uh, getting ready to talk about it for the show today that this is a band from Denmark. I didn't know that they were from Denmark when I listened to the album because all the lyrics are in English. It, it sounds like a... It's got a very Anglo aesthetic to it, um, for for better or for worse. I'll I'll let the listeners decide on that. Uh, this is a band called Telos, and uh, on March eighteenth, they released an album called Delude. Uh, I picked this one up off the charts. It's number one seventy two on the year so far. We got a primary of Mathcore, which is a genre that I'm not huge on, but I will give chances to. And uh, we got secondaries of sludge metal and black metal. So this kind of seemed like something I could get into. Um, another reason I picked it up, again, 32 minutes long, 32 on the dot. If you're making your complex-ass metal album and you go for 32 minutes, I'm probably going to listen to it. So we got seven tracks here. Uh, the first song here, Within Reach, uh, it starts off with this really noisy, reverbed guitars, and they're strumming really fast. And as soon as I hear like the first three seconds of that song, I'm like, I'm waiting for a blast beat. I'm waiting for a blast beat. They got to do a blast beat after this. It would kick ass if they did a blast beat after this. And then the fucking blast beat comes in, and I'm like, this is how you fucking start an album. That's how you exact. That's exactly how you start an album. That's what you want to do when you start your intense metal album. Uh, that is one of the better songs on this album. And I think, uh, you know, as soon as they get into it, it's a math core album, you know, they're in here, they're playing some goddamn heavy ass shit. Uh, you talked about the gargoylic index last week. Yeah. Um, I think the vocals on this album, I, I would like to hear how you would position it on the gargoylic index. I think this is, uh, you know, probably like a seven or an eight. Um, this guy is, has got like just, absolute tears in his vocal cords uh it's exactly the kind of vocals i want out of modern metalcore in general but mathcore specifically uh it's it's just you know it it fits the music perfectly um thing is though like album as a whole there's not too much going on here that you wouldn't expect um and I think they're very good. Telos is very good at what they do, um, especially seeing that this is their debut album. 
I'm I'm really impressed that they came onto the scene as fully formed as they have. Uh, these sound like professionals. Um, even you know even the mixing in here. Uh, whoever did the mixing, I don't I don't see it directly on this page, but that's somebody that knew what they were doing. Uh, the bass is really crisp, but at the same time not overpowering a lot of the distortion. Um, and I think that's sort of where it gets like the sludge metal secondary. Uh, mainly it's because you can really hear that bass. Like it's really uh, grinding into your ears. So I, I do appreciate that. That's something you don't get in a lot of heavy music like this. Um, but there aren't, you know, too many moments on this album where I'm like, I wouldn't expect to hear that from this mathcore album. You know, like it doesn't, it doesn't reach into that like very impressive sphere. I, I don't think it really ever does that outside of, uh, like I said, the first song here within reach, I got hyped as fuck to that track and I'm definitely going to keep listening to that one. Um, the one I added to the playlist track seven here as Atlas stumbled, uh, this being a math core album, there's a lot of changing tempos, a lot of changing rhythms. Uh, they, they do it on a dime and they're experts when they do it. But, Part of that territory is that sometimes, you know, these transitions between these different riffs that are operating on these different tempos and times, like it can get hard to do that in a, in a very clean sense. You know, sometimes it just kind of seems like, oh, we got one riff. Oh, we're moving on to the next riff. Oh, here's another riff. And as a listener, that can be kind of exhausting if it's not done well. Um, I think they generally do it. They never do it bad, uh, but there are some times where I'm kind of just like, you know, this is another song and I'm waiting for the song to go. But uh, Atlas Stumbled or As Atlas Stumbled here, track seven. Uh, that's the song on this album where I'm really into it all the way through. Uh, everything they do on that song, I think, is a great turn. Uh, so I, I don't have anything bad to say about that. Um, Never Me, track three here. That probably has my favorite breakdowns on this album. So if you're somebody who's listening to like some sort of metalcore, deathcore, whatever kind of core music, and all you're really listening for is the breakdowns, Never Me, that's your song here. Uh, track four, I accept slash I receive. It's seven minutes long. It's not bad, but I don't need that. Like on your fast paced, constantly twisting and turning metal album, you get a seven minute long song. It's going to be hard to do that in a way that makes me want to come back to it because it's just like, I get tired of it, you know, like there's nothing to keep me anchored into that one song for seven minutes. So I'll, uh, I'll count that to a rookie mistake. I'm not mad at it. Like I said, it, it doesn't sound bad, but it's just, I'm not going to listen to that song again. I have no reason to listen to that song again. Um, I was almost, I was almost really impressed with the closing song here thrown. Um, I was so ready. You, you don't even want to know how, like, the first time I was listening to this album, I was so ready to give you, like, the, this is how you end an album. This is exactly how you need to end your crazy, intense metal album. Because after all these twists and turns, all this, like, crazy kind of shit, uh, they reach into, like, almost some major key kind of stuff here, where this is, like, the triumphant, like, yes, we came, we saw, we conquered, like, we did our shit, and this is how we're ending it. I'm like, man, that's crazy. Like they really wrapped this up in like the perfect bow. Guess what they did at the end? The fade out. They did a fucking fade out. In the last song. And I'm like, guys, you had it. 
you did it like you could you could close this song at any other point outside of that and it would be perfect i would have i would have raved about this song man and they end it with a fade out and it's just like come on man you you they will they will go through any other like riff for like 10 seconds or 15 seconds or whatever and move to something else and won't feel any need to justify that change uh but in the very end of the album that's when you're like okay we can't just wrap this up we we have to justify this in some way we have to do something extra on top of it and they go with a fade out man i was so disappointed <laughs> i was so disappointed <laughs> without that fade out i would put this on a on a contender for maybe not my top 10 but like top 15 albums of the year i would have been like this is this is some cash shit, man. This is like, you got to listen to this. But with the fade out, um, I still think it's really impressive for a debut album. And I do think it's, you know, if you're if you're into very intense metal kind of music, this is something that you should listen to before the year ends. And I'm still happy to give this a 3.5. I think I have no outside of that fucking fade out, man. I have no serious complaints with this album. <laughs> But they I did think the you're one being thing. too hard on it then <laughs> no no I'm not man if you listen to this album you get all the way through it and it's because it's so technical man it's kind of exhausting and you're ready to get to the end when it comes and this is a 32 minute album you're ready for that ending and you hear them really going for it on throne and you're like this is it and this is the culmination of everything that I've been listening to for this past 30 minutes and they do this bitch ass fade out, man. I'm like, come on. <laughs> come on. It ruins it. It really ruins all the momentum, all the momentum they had going for them. Either way, I was probably going to give it a 3.5, but it would be like that upper end of 3.5 if they didn't do that fucking fade out. Um, so I'm putting this on the lower end of 3.5. I did really like this album, and I'm excited to see what Telos do going forward just don't end your albums with any more fucking fade outs don't do it it's so lazy it's so goddamn lazy especially when you have all these ideas that you just showed me for 30 minutes where you're moving between all these different riffs there's so this is such an explosive album and they these guys have the, the technical prowess to do like anything they probably put their minds to and they're gonna end on a fade out like a fade out in general is disappointing, but to have musicians this accomplished end on a fade out—that that's that's failure. Some, yeah, that's exactly that's some complete failure bullshit. I would be incredibly and, uh, upset too. You know, you enjoyed a whole album, and you're just like, you feel like you're cheated of a real ending. Like I, I think that exactly. there are. I think that Oh Monolith was one album that I remember that I think had a good ending. Like a like a, a satisfactory ending at least, and then it didn't fade out and it left you in one solid moment. And I and I think that probably leads into like why I think it was so repeatable and that you know yeah. swing in a dream just instantly starts and you, it feels so natural that it's easy to just keep listening to it again and again and again. And you know when you have a fade out, you kill that. You you do not allow that to happen. You, you're not replayable in any way. Because a fade out, you're supposed to stop listening to it. You're supposed to just cancel it, go to something else. And, you know, for that reason, I don't think fade outs are good in, in modern music. 
I agree. No, with I, you. I, I, I am on my crusade against fade outs, man. Where I'm like, it's it's so rare for a fade out to feel earned, uh, for it to feel like this is how something is supposed to end, for it to slowly, uh, you know, be repeating the same thing over and over again, and and to just like, you know, disappear off your radar. Like there's. There's almost there's nothing you know I can come up with off the top of my head where I'm like that's a good instance for a fade out. Um, it's just it's always like, well fuck we don't know how to end this and this is the end. So uh, y- here you go. Like, and I think that that's such a good point about O Monolith where the last song with that absurdly long track name something about the bull swimming or whatever. Um, it just kind of like snaps off it ends where it ends and like you said you can replay it after that and you can come back to swing in a dream and you can feel like okay there's i can keep going with this like the ending is not the ending to this piece of art you know there's more to it than just where this certain sound on the last song ends but on an album like this you get to the last sound on the album and you're like well that's like that's it like we're done like you guys couldn't, I don't know, man. I just, I get, I get bothered with these fade outs. Just end the fucking song. Just end the song. That's all you have to do. End the song. That's it. I agree with you, man. I agree that uh, this is the way to do it. I think that fade outs are going to find a second rejection, like generational rejection in the in the modern in the modern era i don't think fade outs are ever coming back i think they're i think they're finished like beyond finished and uh people are going to be like this is stupid like this takes way too long and does not create the effect that think it does and it's just not good so i mean as 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 soon as it starts fading out it's like why don't i just stop listening now like why why do I have to go on this for like another minute or another like thirty seconds? Like you're you're already telling me this is done. So like what's the point in the rest of this? It's exactly. Well, uh, I'm I'm gonna move on to something that does not have a fade out, and uh, I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that this band would probably be one of the least likely bands to ever do a fade out. Um. This is a this is a artist I said I would listen to before, but didn't, and then uh, now I did because I was able to remember what the fuck their name was. This is a Jute Geit, a band from well says they're just born in the United States. Well, the United States is a big place. Uh, it says they're currently in Washington, the state of Washington, United States, the absolute state, also known as Adam Kalmbach. Uh, who is currently in the United States. Um, this is a band called Jute Gite, and we are talking about their recent release, 2023 release, Unus Mudus Patet, uh, which is a album that was recorded from 2017 to now, to, to February 2023. Uh, and by now I mean February 2023, because now is not February 2023. Uh, we're talking about an album, that has come out in early September, September 5th. Uh, this is a 73-minute fucking album. This is an album that's not short, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I'm not listening to it. This is a long album. This is an album that's ranked 
465 out of out, out of whatever number of albums that have released this year. Uh, That's only- wait. Can I take a can I take a, a side step here to yeah. just say uh, you said it's like 468, 465, 465, bro. That like 400 to like three, like the the 500 to 300 range. That's usually a pretty damn good range, don't you think? Of like stuff that could be good that you listen to. And yeah. You're just like, sure, this could be good. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I agree with that. Well, uh, okay, that's all I had to say. <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, so we got we got primary genres of uh, avant-garde metal and black metal, secondary genres of drone, dark ambient, and microtonal classical. I'm gonna say I don't know jack fuck about microtonal classical. I don't ever care to know about anything regarding microtonal classical. I'm going to say that of the four albums that I have listened to tonight, this is definitely not fourth in your wheelhouse. This could be second in your wheelhouse. If you are in a fucking crazy mood of like, this is, this is, this is like on the chaotic index, you're going to go zero is, is like, I'm feeling like normal, like normal human normal human man everything is okay i am i am not crazy in any way uh versus 100 i am smelling the gods of the fucking sulfur region in the galaxy of yeah this is uh <laughs> this is this is closer to 100 than 0 this is probably like 80 this is this is up there uh this is this is an album that has no very little regard for general arrangement this is an album that is this if you are if you are in a mood to listen to noise rather than i'm gonna say that i think i think when you're defining the word music i think there has to be a direction for what noise you're producing and at times, I feel as though this is missing a direction. There is certainly always a noise that is being produced and a noise that is being portrayed and delivered. And I feel as though this is one of the more avant-garde stuff that I've listened to recently. I think that this doesn't, and that does not necessarily have to mean that it's good. And I'm still struggling to find out if this is good because I have listened to this album twice. The first time I've listened to it today. And the second time I've also listened to this today. And I decided I need more time. I don't know if this is good or not. I don't know if this is all right. Um, But I, like the general sound of this i think that uh crystals disintegrate the third song is one of the better black metal songs i've heard this year i think that uh the first 30 seconds very similarly to the thanapaxit song uh are going to make you think oh my god this could be the fucking next thing i listen to that is absolutely elite in the black metal sphere and uh, eventually, I'm just like, 
this is it's just like it's just okay. It's just kind of good. I think uh, "Killing a Sword" that is one song that I find incredibly intense. Uh, "Fausta in the Third Heaven" is one of my favorite songs that I've listened to in the last two months. Um, that is one song that is incredibly intense for a very long period of time. That feels like it has a direction, and I feel like when this album has just a freaking lick of direction that there is something real to be felt i feel like philosophies i'm just gonna call it that philosophies the eighth song of the album that is a song that has a lick of direction at times but there are a lot of songs on here that have almost no direction that i'm just like i don't know what to make of this and uh Sema, Spiceeater, and only only Castles Burning is the least amount of this list, but the other songs definitely. I feel like I'm like, what the fuck am I listening to? This is an album that I feel like if you give this a chance, you might really love this. But there is like a seventy five percent chance that you're gonna listen to it and you're gonna be like. I don't see the point of this. And I think that that's worth it. I think it's worth it. I'm still trying to figure out if I like this a lot or not. But a lot of this, especially the first four to four and a half songs, I'm just like, this is really random, and I'm not sure where this noise is going. And I don't think after I listen to this fully... The first time that I could feel where the noise is going. And I'm not going to tell you, like, yeah, you just need to listen to it twice. You just need to listen to this 75-minute album twice. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. But but there are, there are some really good parts on this album that I think, like, damn, I really think you would like this a lot. Like, you know, if you listen to if you listen to Crystals Disintegrate and Fosta and Philosities, like, those are three really good songs. I put Crystals Disintegrate on the playlist because I think it's awesome. I think it's really, really noisy while keeping a uh, keeping a realm of like be- of um, percussion in a in a tasteful way. And uh, I think that you would like this a lot. I'm still trying to figure out what I think about this album as a whole, but I think you would certainly love parts of it. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna give the, right now. I'm gonna give it a three out of five because I'm still I'm still figuring it out. But I like I like parts of this enough for me to want to listen to this again, which is enough. So yeah, three out of five. That's 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 fair. This is an artist that's actually been recommended to me a few times. Um, I think part of it is because it it uh it it falls into that lane of like the like philosophical black metal kind of thing where I see the the 2014 album is called Resentiment, which is is a term that's usually associated with Nietzsche uh there's a 2015 album called dialectics which is you know just a general philosophical term that's had a lot of different use uh, depending on who you ask um and then there's another 2015 album called ship of theseus which of course is like one of the famous philosophical thought experiments um and uh, I see there's a 2018 album that's a collaboration with Spectral Lore, who is not an artist I've 
really listened to too much, but has some cross-pollination through a collaboration with Mari Cognitum, which is uh, an artist that I do really love. Um, and I, I look forward to more of their releases. So this is something that like this artist I, whose name, I, I, I don't know how to say, Jute Guide, I don't, I'm, I'm fucking embarrassing myself I'm trying to do say, that. Thinking I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, I don't know how to how to do that. Um, and I've seen this Perdurance album cover with the Ouroboros on it. I've I've definitely seen that before. Um, but you know, there's like 37 fucking albums. Like, no, I'm not about to start there. Like, fuck off. I'm not <laughs> I'm not listening to your like bullshit 2007 tapes. Like, no. Um, so. Maybe I'll get to this at some point, but it's it, not a priority for me. I feel you. I hope that you at least listen to some of the songs. If you listen to some of the songs, I think you will you will eventually feel like this is way better than it is. But then you'll listen to the album and you're like, they don't know how to make a fucking album. And I would agree with that sentiment. They probably don't know how to make an album. Despite them releasing like 20... 30 fucking 40 <laughs> albums they, they still don't know how to make an album so uh, yeah I'll, I'll listen to the song in the playlist yeah you do it um, fucking tell me how this earth shit is yeah I got uh, one more album for this week and this is actually a remix album uh, this is earth 2.23 special lower frequency mix and this was released because this is actually the uh i guess it's the 20th or the 30th anniversary sorry of uh earth 2 special low frequency version uh that came out in 1993 it is absolutely a genre defining work um i think i would feel weird about anyone who said that they loved earth 2 i've i've tried to love earth 2 uh, because I wanted that sweet, sweet, sweet hipster metal cred. Um, but I, I always come out of it liking it and appreciating it more than I do loving it. Yeah. Um, it's 73 minutes of, you know, they, they pick like a fucking Black Sabbath riff and they slow it down and then they keep slowing it down until there's no riffs happening and it's all just drone and... It, it's a great fall asleep on an airplane kind of album. Um, and, you know, there's just there's very few instances where I would listen to Earth 2 with the actual intent of listening to Earth 2 all the way through. And I'm saying this as someone who like I, I love phase three, phase three. When I was working night shift in the lab doing a lot of data entry, bro, I would put phase three on a repeat, man. I love that album. Uh, it is infinitely more listenable than earth Two to me especially you know it has songs like tibetan quaaludes and lullaby take two how dry i am and uh fucking phase three agni detonating over the thar desert um i think that's a really underappreciated album that i wish more people would give a chance to and it's got some of my favorite artwork of all time with this creepy little girl offering you some kind of pill I don't know what's actually going on here, but it is by far one of my favorite pieces of artwork in, in any any genre ever. Um, 
I also love their 2005 album Hex or Printing in the Infernal Method after they had switched up their sound and moved towards sort of an uh, ambient Americana post-rock kind of sound. Uh, that's that's a classic to me. Uh, so I was excited to see what they were putting out as their remix album for Earth 2 in 2023, uh, especially when you see that, uh, you know, there's five tracks on this album. The first one is a remix of Seven Angels done by The Bug, who's a fairly prolific electronic artist, I would say. Um, and there's a, a rapper named Flodan who is rapping on top of this track. Uh, he's, a, he's a British grime rapper. And, um, you know, I wasn't expecting that to be good, but that's actually the one that I added to the playlist, not just because everything else here is like between 10 and 30 minutes long, <laughs> um, but because it's a song that actually does work surprisingly well, uh, taking that sort of basis of Seven Angels and twisting it just enough, uh, adding some electronics on top of it, adding some bass on top of it, and uh, really letting somebody rap over it. I think it, it works surprisingly well. Um, track two, May Your Vanquished Be Saved from the Bondage of Their Sins. Uh, Robert Hampson of Loop. Uh, this is his remix of... Um, I don't, I don't even know exactly which song he's reaching for on Earth 2 on that one. That's probably my least favorite song on this album. It's the longest one. It's 30 minutes, and uh, I, I could go without it. I get it, but I could go without it. Um, track 3, Teeth of the Lion and Rule the Divine, uh, which is a remix of track 2 off of Earth 3. Or, sorry, <laughs> Earth 2. <laughs> um, it's Justin Broderick on the remix here who... Uh, if you're a big music fan, you'll you'll recognize that name as the primary artist behind Godflesh, big industrial metal band, and Jezu, uh, or Yezu, however you want to say that, a uh, very big uh, industrial shoegaze band. Um, he takes a crack at remixing an Earth song on here, and I actually think that one worked pretty well. Um, you know, he adds some like basic drum beats to it that give it that industrial metal feel and uh, kind of crack some of the feedback up a little bit. And I, I do think he, he makes the song into his own on that one. I think that's a pretty good remix. Um, there's another take on uh, Teeth of Lions Rule the Divine here. That's by uh, Brett Nelson, or Brett Netson, I'm sorry. Um, he is a member of Built to Spill, apparently. Uh, that's a band that I haven't listened to too much. Um, and I, you know, they're, they're one of those, like, mid 90s indie rock bands that really kind of distilled indie rock into its own genre um i think i should listen to them more but i just haven't i don't i don't have any particularly strong feelings about that one it's another 21 minute song um is what it is like golden faceted uh remixed by kevin richard martin who has been in a few different projects but i don't actually recognize any of these i've never oh that is the bug that is like literally the bug's name that is his birth name um, didn't know that until now that's again one of the more interesting tracks on this album i think that's one of those ones that really transforms that earth song into its own beast and does something distinct with it and uh, it's probably the most interesting thing here it's not the most listenable thing because like i would say uh 
track one here, Angels. That's the most listenable thing. Um, but I do think it's another good take on uh, this basis of, of Earth 2. Um, so overall, you know, with this being a remix album, I'm, I'm not... I'm not being too critical of it. Uh, I think remix albums are usually bad. And I was surprised to actually be intrigued at this through every track outside of maybe that uh, track to the 30 minute song. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of the nature of Earth. I can't I can't fault someone for remixing an Earth song and making it 30 minutes long when like that's as long as like one of the songs on the Earth album anyway. So, um. I'm going to give this a three out of five. I think it's an interesting curiosity. If you do like what earth was doing um, in the early nineties, I think this is worth your time, but uh, I know you're not a big fan of earth too anyway. So I don't think you should listen to this. <laughs> like you would not like this. It, you know, it's, it's all right. It's all right. But I don't know that. I shared the same. I, I mean, I, I would say it's genre defining, but uh, but you know, uh, for me, I don't know that you know. I don't know that I share the same love of for the genre that I do, uh, that most people do for Earth Two. It's just not one that I'm like. I agree that this is like a top five album of the genre. I I, I just don't. I just don't feel it right now. Put a gun to my head, tell me name five albums better, and I could do it like tomorrow, but you know, not, probably not like right now, like with the whole gun to my head scenario. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, uh, I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised that this is like, uh, that you're giving this like a solid rating, like, especially because it seems more like it's a, it's like, um, a tribute album more so than like an independent album. Like, do you think that this stands on its own? I do. I actually, I do think this would be an interesting listen, not even knowing anything about the lore of earth to, uh, at 80 minutes, it's pushing it. It is pushing it. But again, this is like fucking drone metal. So can't get mad at that here. Um, I don't think you have to have listened to earth to to appreciate this i think if it's something that you know ends up on your uh on your like list of albums to listen to or something like and you haven't listened to earth Two, then you're not gonna have a problem with this um it's more accessible than earth Two. this is like infinitely more accessible than earth Two because you're not just listening to like one piece of drone slowly dissolve itself uh, this is actually like distinct songs, but um, you know, I just I don't think it uh I don't think it reaches you know it doesn't have the ambition that something like Earth Two has. I don't necessarily even think that Earth Two is inaccessible. I think it is. Why do you think that? Why? There are times I fucking quit when I try and listen to that album. I will quit like halfway through Teeth of Lions Rule the Divine, man. Like I get Seven Angels, dude. I fuck with Seven Angels. I can listen to Seven yeah. Angels any day of the week because that is like the I most metal that. song on the album. But once they start like ripping away like the foundations of that, like they start doing in Teeth of Lions Rule the Divine, man, I'm 
I'm ready for that to be just like a quick 13 minute drone, <laughs> a quick 13 minute drone, a you quick know, <laughs> 13 minute song. Elite, I'm, I'm, elite I'm ready for things to like finish up there and then they just keep going and it's just like, it's just, again, it just dissolves into itself. I think that's pretty inaccessible. Okay. I, I feel you there. The uh, last song, last album, the last piece of musical work that I have is uh, is, is by a band. This band is from uh, the Central European, potentially even Eastern European, based on your uh, your your perspective. This is a this is an album by the band Malok Malokar Patan. Malakar Patan is really how I'm how I've like mentally said this. I've split it into two words. Malakar Patan is a band from Slovakia in in Central Europe. This work is their fourth album of four. Uh, their most recent one released this year, this October of of 2023, called Vertumnus Caesar. Now, when I listened to this album, I uh, I thought, especially on the the songs, the the self titled song for Tumna Caesar and Vovnutri, Vovnutri Chovlovlo and Pazno Salmadrov. I'm sorry, these fucking album titles are uh, <laughs> the song titles are not usable. Uh, I I can't speak this shit. I thought that this was Czech at first, and I thought that this was ripping off our our guy Upal, uh, our our guy from uh, the Slipknot Walmart listener, <laughs> uh, who I'm still gonna be fucking saying at the end of the year deserves at least the very <laughs> least a credit. But uh, I thought that this was ripping off because I thought the shit was the same language. It apparently is not. Uh, I found out that it is not from uh, from our from our friendly listeners. In Slovakia, um, I hope we have one because I'll just I'll just say it with him, and, you know. I'll just I'll just I'll just pass that along. But um, but yeah, this is a this is a like I think this is about a forty-five minute album. Um, trying to list, trying to look it up because I thought that I found it on the thing. This is a forty-six minute album. Every album that I listened to this week was like between 43 and 47 minutes. Uh, this is one that I think that this is the best Masters album that I have listened to. I think the arrangements are, depending on what your preference is, I think this is the these are the safest arrangements. I think the vocals are easily the best mastered vocals that I have listened to. You're gonna you're gonna put a gun in my head and say what is the gargoylic index the GI of this album? The GI I would say is like a like a seven like a seven on the GI. Um, I think that this is easily the second best in your wheelhouse of of metal albums that you would listen to this year. This is like if I'm gonna go on the descriptors, I'd say that this is easily like a like an Eastern European folk album of metal. Um, this hits into a lot of the, this sounds like I'm listening to an acolyte uh, giving like a, like a last rites 
of uh of of really groany i'm trying to think of the word it's like a like a like a guttural it's a very guttural piece of folk metal that uh that the upal um Kostnatyevov or something along those lines album from our from our slipknot fan uh that he delivered earlier this year it sounds very very similar to that so if you if you enjoyed that piece i would say you would also enjoy this album very straightforward i don't think uh from my one and a half listens that this delivered in any crazy way differently from that album but i do think that the last song ichle takzashada um and the songs i had previously listed those are like really really good in the uh in the guttural vocal way that i think some of the more folkish black metal albums deliver in i think that this is another solid if you love the genre you're gonna love this simple i mean there's no uh, i think that this is a little faster a little little bit more technical than the than the other albums where where my favorite song upal uh from that black metal album was not super technical not super tempo not super fast this is a little bit on the opposite side where it's a little bit faster at times and you're just like the vocal seems to be like a supplement to that whereas the vocals were a very primary part on kosnatievov i'm giving this a 3.5 this is like pretty good i think that uh this is hitting on like what i expect a standard black metal album to be this is like in my wheelhouse you know a little bit of folkish aspects a little bit of uh of like gargoylic but not overbearing a little bit of uh of some good instrumentals that feel like they're not just being carried along um yeah i'm giving this a 3.5 i don't know that this is gonna be in the end of the year but this is like this is an enjoyable piece of music um I, I I don't know. I I think that that they did this while the the opener song is a two point seven. Uh, that's a terrible rating. That's like that's like <laughs> RYM would rather just kill this song. Um, but it is an interlude. It's like a one minute song. So like you know they're gonna kill all interludes because RYM has no taste. So uh, uh, yeah. yeah, this is this is a good piece of music. I think that you should like at least try it. There's some good metal I listened to this week. That's what I'm trying to like get out of this. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I'll, uh, I think I'll check this one out. Um, I, I am very interested in, uh, in, in all things Caesar related right now because I've been rewatching HBO's Rome, and that's that's a damn good show. But I've also been uh, reading some stuff about, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, people associated people associated with the Claremont Institute in America. Uh, it's a very like a right wing uh, think tank, not think tank, but like intellectual uh, uh, destination, I guess. I don't know what the board for it, but uh, there's some talk w- with them about wanting a red Caesar, uh, you know, a big conservative Caesar type figure who's just going to suspend the Constitution and, and you know, uh, be a dictator for a while until shit gets back in order. Maybe and I think that's this. that's pretty interesting. <laughs> it's like I hate all of society because I have been excluded. Give me a Caesar that'll change everyone so that I am then in- included 
in all that's, that's basically it yeah losers, man that's basically it it's like bro we can't win elections anymore so let's just get a caesar yeah let's do that that's that's, that's that's the easy way to do it right <laughs> fucking lame this is the actual thing he sent me the right red caesar oh my god man this is sad Fucking Salon article. Get the fuck out of this Salon article, bull. No, I can give you some other links other than Salon if you want them. Like Salon shit. I agree. Salon shit. Oh, I think you're right, though. I'll take your word for it. Don't send me any fucking let's other articles. To, let's go to the Philadelphia Inquirer. Is that okay? Are Philadelphia. Okay Philadelphia. <laughs> flip, 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 Philadelphia. Flip, flip. Flip. That looks like a oh, more no. realistic Caesar. That looks like a drunk homeless man. That's bald. Bro, Caesar was based. Was he bald? Was he bald? I don't know. I don't think he was bald. Yeah, probably he probably, had, he he probably only had like good. a little bit of hair. He probably Caesar only was had supposed like to look good. What? Caesar was supposed to look good. He was supposed to be a good looking dude. That's probably true. And I can't really judge him. He, he was fucking else. bitches, bro. Yeah, it probably was. I mean, even this like Literally, Philadelphia yeah. ARS guy, like, I mean, he's in shape. He's not fat. Like, yeah, he's got some defined muscles. All right. Yeah. Less fucking sad. Uh, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to say the final thought on tonight is that business idea. We need okay. To, All we right. Need to, we need to smash some fucking nuclei together, like mix <laughs> me on. <laughs> Make some, make some motherfucking neon. Do you think that the neon would have like making neon? The process of making neon would have uh, emissions, like like manufacturing like emissions. Like, yeah, like uh, in the same in the same idea. Yeah. How do you make neon? I feel like we looked this up. Like no, we smashed up again. <laughs> yeah, you fucking walk on down to Stanford, and uh, you say, "Hey, you nerds." Fucking, here's a nuclei one, and here's a second nuclei. Let's put them together. Fucking do it. Like, tomorrow. I'm gonna have some beers. You you, you all go do it. There you go. Let's, you smash them together. Bow, bow! Yeah, fucking bow, bow! Yeah, that's what I fucking thought. <laughs> you had no second thoughts there. Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's what I got. That's what I got from this show. <laughs> Fucking, I I got pissed really badly. So this has been the weekly bow bow. <laughs> and the bullets and the gun. Bow bow. Ain't nobody dropping hotter podcasts Fuck. than the Dub DB. Bow bow. Do the fucking painting. I'm not fucking doing the painting again. Do the painting. Give it back to you. And we give it back to you. The people. Yeah, we'll we'll be right back. Yeah, fucking back to back to fucking people. Back. Back.